Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Dungeon Boys. If you're watching this on YouTube, you've already seen us because there's been video before this, but if you're if you're listening on a podcast, you could just go over to YouTube and you can see a, a nice 480p screen of of the Dungeon Boys. You can see a pixely version of the three of the of the three brothers and a pixely version of Zenus. It don't look better for any of us in high def, we promise. (laughs) It doesn't improve. We are doing you a favor. (laughs) But hopefully we'll be free of technical difficulties here, but I do have the emergency photograph to put up if I need to. Um, But welcome to Dungeon Boys Podcast. My name is Keith. I'll be your DM. I'm Josh as Arlo, the forest known druid. I am John playing Eros, the tiefling cleric. I am Bryce playing Jack Law, the paladin. He's a high I elf. am. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I said he's a high elf. I forgot gotcha. to mention that. He, there was a pause. I was. I am Zenus playing uh, Grim the Osmar Barbarian. And and that's that's everybody. Every time you say Osmar, I start to think that you're going to say awesome, and like <laughs> just I'm I'm just the awesome portion of the of the party. It is all um, contained right here. Right. You, you are the only one on the cam- on your camera, so that means something. That's true. Yeah, we're deluded. I have to zoom in so that I take up ninety percent of it. Well. Exactly. We're all ego here at Tank Media Games, um, and let's begin the Dungeon Boys podcast. Last week, you guys completed the battle against the thugs in Melora's Quiver um, handily. There was a lot of fire involved. Involved. Arlo, for the first time, lost control of a creature he was controlling, lost control of a fire elemental. It wreaked some havoc, but then, you know, just as easily as he brought it into existence, he brought it out. How to do you think he fair, did that? Water. It was the first time that I cast a fire elemental. Also so true. not a good track record. Not a great track record. <laughs> That's a bad percentage. Um, I'll have to cast a new one every time we play. But they were successful with that. Um, I was very proud of them. And the thugs were dispatched. Melora's quiver was saved from the extortionist gang of bad boys. And not only that, uh, Jack Law was able to set up a a, uh, a letter and some instructions to begin the first adventurer's guild in the city of Melora. Now no longer will it be a, an unorganized hub of adventurers. Maybe there will be some organization and some other things going on in Melora's Quiver, as a result of Jack Law's benevolence. Um, the party stocked up, and Kate Fullheart led them out into the desert. Kate, uh, aided by the help of their magical map that they had, um, led them out into the wilderness, out into the Bone Mountains. They did some traveling, very Grand Canyon um, meets Tatooine style of exploration there, until they found themselves in a ravine, walking down a creek and a river and they approached a rock wall where Arlo was able to, instead of using the dynamite to explode this rock wall. Hello. What just happened on my screen? Oh no, we've I have no idea. It happened to me too. Oh. Okay. Yeah. What, what are we pressing Hello? over there boys? They froze for me. Yeah. You guys. Oh my Lord. Um, all right. You're back now. I don't hey. know what just happened. Well, recording is still going. Let's um, let's keep going. That is my intent. What happened? I don't, I don't know. know. We disconnected from you. 
but we could still see Zenus, and then we disconnected from Zenus, and we could hear you talking again, <laughs> and then we could reconnect it to both of you. That's weird. Zencaster. But we're still here. Do better, still unless here. it was your internet. Anyway, to continue the thing, I was at the very end, they burrowed a hole through some rocks. Instead of using the dynamite that they, that they stole slash killed the thugs for, they burrowed through some rock, and they found themselves inside a underground fungus cave. The very cave that you now see on the screen, and the very cave that if they would like to investigate the Discord, they will be reminded that they are in a cave covered in a glowing fungus. Um, and they are walking down a creek that flows into this cave. So that is where we will begin our gameplay today. Um, just to redescribe this cave... Uh, you guys walk into kind of a, a low-ceilinged entrance of this cave. On the ceiling, you can see glowing, hanging fungi hanging from the ceiling. In the distance, you can tell that this, this entrance of this cave opens up and opens up and gets wider and wider as you walk down this creek until eventually you find yourselves in a very large, open, almost imperceptibly large cave. It's almost like you're in, in some sort of inner earth, like a, a land below the earth down there. Um, you can't see when you look out in front of you, you can't see the other cave wall. When you look above you, you can tell that the ceiling goes up in a very tall dome, dimly lit uh, the farther you go up by that that uh, luminescent fungus on the ceilings. It is dark, uh, but is, of course, dimly lit all over from the glow. Um, you can see large bio, or bioluminescent plants uh, or fungi on the ceiling as well as on the floor. Uh, some of these mushrooms and things that are growing are as tall as you are, as, as low as your shoes, uh, and everywhere in between. Some of them are even tall enough that you could climb like big oak trees. These things are so large. Um, is but there this cave is to, big. To see by? Yeah. Okay. Yes, there's, there's plenty of light to see by. Um, you can see out, you know, around you. This cave is far more well lit than it should be um, by these bioluminescent plants. It is it is being well 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 lit for a cave. You know, of course, poorly lit for daylight um, inside this cave. Um, and yeah, before you is this big open cave. The creek continues to flow down in front of you. You can you can see that there is kind of um you know a kind of a, a, a place to walk beside this creek. It's it's not like a, a man-made path or anything, but you can tell that things travel down this creek every now and again. Um, and the creek leads directly in front of you, deeper into the cave. Also, what's up, Wiz and Liz? Welcome to the stream, buddy. So is this like um, Skyrim where the water leads to our destination? That is a question that I cannot answer. <laughs> I was mostly joker. Because <laughs> that thought just... But also... Yes. Maybe. Keith, you said uh, on your screen is the glowing fungus cave. <laughs> and I opened Zencaster and it's the picture of you with your LED. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the fungus cave, baby. Also, viewers of the stream, <laughs> that reminds me, viewers of the stream will, will notice that I do. I've got some new LEDs here. I've got, I, I, this is the, I think this is a better color. To go around, I wanted to light myself as if I were in this cave, and so that I'm, was perfect. I'm, you you rocked it. <laughs> I'm now lit as if I'm inside the cave. So I'm 
stepping stepping into my my inner Arlo, like this is something that is is new to him. Like I don't think he would have have ever seen something like this. Um, can I? I want to do two things. I want to collect up some of these glowing fungi things. Collect them, boss. I want to just grab up like a couple of handfuls and just shove them in my bag. But also I want to know, investigation wise, maybe, um, does Eros's glow stick torch, does it have any reaction on the little glow fungus? Remind me about the glow stick torch. It's been a couple weeks. Um, it's just a torch you cast light on. Yep, yeah. torch cast light. But I didn't know, like, do they react to the light at all? Because that's our only light source right now besides them. Gotcha. Understandable, understandable. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, before going into the cave, Eros took out a torch that was unlit and used his magical abilities to cast light <laughs> on the end of it, um, which great. we all found was a very entertaining solution. Um, but uh, no, the... As you gather some of the fungus on the ground, the it does not seem to react to the light um, too much. But whenever you really press that light against the fungus, um, it's almost as if the glowing light of the fungus shrinks back, as if it as if if this thing were in extremely bright light, or if these things were out in the daylight, the the bioluminescence would would shrink back into them or into the ground. Okay, I can work with that. Um, but you gather, yeah, you gather plenty of mushrooms and after you gather the mushrooms, you underneath your fingernails, um, and co- like covering your hands and now like around the edges of your bag and stuff are some glowing residue, um, on your hands and stuff. Nice. I'd also like to reach out and squish a mushroom on the wall. Okay. You do that. And I would like to take out the journal and see if it added anything for plants or if it is just for creatures. Man, you thinking. You thinking. Um, welcome to the stream, Jurassic Hercules. How you doing, buddy? Or Jurassic... 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 Jurassic release. That guy. You, <laughs> nope. Jurassic rules is actually how you'd say it. Jurassic Hercules? That is like... <laughs> man. It makes okay. complete sense. Welcome to the stream, buddy. We're recording our D&D podcast called Dungeon Boys. Um, welcome, welcome. We are inside a mushroom cave. Uh, when you squish the mushroom against the wall, your hand smears its bioluminescence goop along the wall, leaving a jack-shaped handprint on the cave wall, but the journal does not enter in any information. Hey, Jack, care- careful with that thing. We don't know We don't know nothing about it yet. Uh, yes, but uh, it was just a test. I I won't do it again. Um, real quickly though, sorry, uh, Arlo and Jack, roll a Constitution saving throw for me. I'm dead. Ooh, yep, I'm dead. I ain't never constituted before. It's a twenty-one. Wow. God. Wow. What you got, Jack? I think I got a plus two modifier. I rolled a five. If it's anything well above a five, then I'd failed. Uh, yeah, plus two. I got a seven. Yeah. Nothing, nothing Nothing. feels off about this stuff that you have on your hands or the mushrooms or anything. You're good. All right, cool. Um, I want to touch one of the mushrooms, Keith, and I want to cast light on it. Just wa- after watching Arlo um, and his little experiment, I just want to like poke the top of one and just cast light to see what would happen. 
Okay. Um, when you cast light on top of this mushroom, uh, the light inside of the mushroom, the bioluminescence begins to, it fades away and shrinks into the ground. And even some of the mushrooms around it, the light also shrinks from them and fades into the ground. Um, and is bright or is, is light, is that technically sunlight or what is that? Uh, no, it's magical light. Um, so the, the light just shrinks away from these, these fungi, um, you know, while the light is blasting on top of this one, it just almost as if this magical light pushes the glowing down into the soil. Hmm. Cool. And then Grim just starts walking down the cave. Gotcha. Uh, Jurassic, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry. We're, we are lucky to have the people we have to play with. Um, and we use Incaster for our recording right now, and they should be thankful. <laughs> for all the issues that we've had <laughs> um so so grim conti- begins walking down the creek what's what are the rest of you guys doing following him i'm following behind i'm just kind of like um this is a this is a wondrous thing for arlo so he's just kind of <clears throat> a little bit dumbfounded just kind of like taking it all in like i'm not in a hurry to leave this place i'm a i'm a also follow along but i'm gonna do the same i'm gonna be looking around i'm gonna be looking back a lot uh, not necessarily to see if people are following us, but just because I'm kind of seeing what we pass and if it changes as we pass, it's like the fungus seem to notice when there are creatures nearby, but also, okay. you know, checking to see if someone's behind us, you know. I'm just playing with my glow stick. Gotcha. That's gotcha. pretty much it. <laughs> cool. I was you about to ask, Eros, where's your head at right <laughs> now? <laughs> Thank you for the follow, Jurassic. I appreciate it, buddy. Also, you're welcome for the new name. <laughs> yeah, Hercules, Jurassic Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> um, Eros, where where is your head at? I was I was just about to ask you where's your where's your head at as you enter into this cave? Like towards where Graham is going, just like just like no, going. not like not where are you um like what are you thinking? How, how do you feel about this cave? Uh, I think it's pretty nice. I was about um, I was about to hit it and then and then. You just kind of punch one, so I just assumed I would do the same thing if I hit it with the same glow stick. So I just like mm, probably do the same thing, splat, probably. splat around. Okay. So I did not do anything. <clears throat> gotcha. I just like to ask because you're a, you're a young you're a you're a boy adventurer. You haven't you haven't seen too many places. Uh, certainly never seen a place like this. So I like to give you a chance to let me know what your character is thinking as he finds new experiences that he has not had before. Um, all right, uh, so you guys continue. Go ahead, John. Keith, the picture that shows the cave, it kind of looks like there's bricks on the walls. So are there? does it look like there are bricks on the walls? No, or? so this is just my best approximation from Google, um, um, okay, so what the cave looks like. So, yeah, use my description and then kind of the aesthetic of this photo to uh, produce okay. the, uh, the picture in your mind. And for podcast listeners, you're just going to have to podcast listeners are already very imaginative we know this we know we know you need no help you're you're already there you're in the theater of the mind um so you guys continue to go walking down the creek will you roll a perception check for me absolutely and the deeper into the cave you go you feel yourself kind of walking down an evolution elevation as you walk down this creek bed um and you walk for a long time it's been maybe 
it by your best guess, maybe a mile, maybe a mile and a half at this point you've been walking. It's a, it's a long way into this cave. A, high above you and in the air around you, there's sometimes a floating, a floating spore that crosses by. And then um, also, I guess, go ahead and tell me your, 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 uh, your perception rules, please. 14. Unnatural 20. 25. 15. All right. So um, for those of you who have the 20s and above, um, you guys look around and, you know, out in the distance sometimes, you can even see some of this fungi moving around. Um, And there also seems as though you've seen some large-looking insects out in the distance to the left and to the right of um, of your path here. Uh, but none of them seem hostile. They don't even notice you. They're very far away. They just seem like they live down here. Um, when you say large, be- do you mean like D&D rule book kind of large? Like, large I just people? mean as a descriptive word, large. They're just, they're in the distance. So you're, you, what you're normally, you're used to seeing mushrooms of a certain size in real life. And the distance inside this cave, they are away from you. You really don't know how big they are. Keith, you know, are they you don't know how. Huh? Are they mouses, Keith? Mouses? Are they mouses? Are they M-O-U-S, mushrooms of an unusual size? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't understand I don't understand the reference, but yeah. Princess Bride, Keith. Uh, I've, I'm telling you that's, that's a gap in my movie history that makes me angry that it's there and I need to watch it. I'm sorry. They are mouses. You got uh, homework. Me and Zenith doesn't see that. the large creature, correct? No, it's not a large creature. There are several. I'm just I'm painting the picture of this cave. You, Arlo and Jack uh, have noticed that there is life down here, other than like, the the fun guy. I would um, like to investigate one of these bugs to see if I can capture. I don't think he's done with the description yet. Yeah, I'm not done with the description oh, yet. I'm sorry. sorry. And, and they're like they're afar off. Like you're 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 peering like maybe you know, quarter miles, half miles out there. You can see way in the distance this stuff, not not within your arm's grasp. And the most important thing that you see, what's up, Random Furniture? Welcome to the stream, buddy. I'm ready to put you to, put you to sleep with the D&D podcast. <laughs> um, but the most important thing that you see ahead of you, down maybe a half mile before you, down kind of, it looks like maybe even the center or what at least looks like the the bottom of this creek where it, it, it levels out, you can see in the distance a village. Or at least it looks like a village. You can see some movement down there as well as you can see some big round dome-shaped rocks that seem arranged in a very intentional fashion. Intentionalized rocks. Yes. Yes. Do we, we all see look. this, or is it just the high rollers? All, all of you see that. Okay. Um, I want to take a moment um, to kind of just, not really, just focusing on what we see ahead of us, not really addressing anyone in particular, just kind of say, what do you guys make of this? Um, it, it certainly looks, it, it looks man-made, or not necessarily man, but it looks like it was put here for a purpose. You see the the creatures walking over there. Did, did I? I forgot. I wasn't. I, my mind was else. I don't think you that. saw that. No, you didn't. But as Jack points them out, you noticed the movement way off in the distance. Okay, I, I turned to look at those, and Grim just like, "Oh no, I didn't see those earlier. That is quite unusual." 
Yes. I don't know. Arlo, yours, you seem to be more well-versed in nature. Is this well, anything you've experienced before? Oh, uh, no. Uh, nothing I've ever seen before. Um, looks cozy enough, I suppose, if you live underground under a rock. But, uh, I don't know, you suppose somebody's home? I mean, I, I, I can't imagine... Can't imagine who'd be down here now, but now we're supposed to be looking for for a little bauble, right? Yes, uh, bead. I'm starts with an M, right? Moradin's tiny. Yeah. Kate, Kate tiny speaks orb. up and she says, "She says we're looking for Moradin's tiny orb. How could you forget? Totally forgot Kate was there. <laughs> Admittedly, me too for a little bit." Right? I thought, I thought maybe she was hanging out outside or something. Okay. All right. She so has been so like far very... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She has so far been very, very into this cave. She's been very interested in it. She is very, you know, very, um, very intrigued by her location. Her, her focus is in this grand new place she's at. Also, thank you for following Woo03. I have to imagine I know who that is. <laughs> Hello, Woo. Yes. So, but she says, "Yes, we're, we're looking for Morden's tiny orb, and that village, or whatever that assortment of stones is down there. Maybe that will lead us in the right direction. Maybe that's where it's stored." Let's go there. That would be nice. It'd be nice and easy, in and out quick. Well, should we all just run up in there all at once? Um, I have my reservations about that. Are any of you? Proficient at sneaking. Um, I am. Um, I you know I I could I could sneak a bit. I'm a fellow slight build myself. Eros, you say you are. I am. Would you and Arlo like to scout ahead a bit and see what there is to find? I is down with that. You? Well, I can work with that. I. Grim. Are you are you okay with this plan? Yes, that sounds good to me. Um, what would you and I do, Jack? Would we stay behind here? I would rather uh, like a look at that village, and I'm not too concerned about the dangers for myself. As long as the other two are uh, stealthy enough, I don't think it would be a problem. Then perhaps you should just head straight in while they sneak around and see if there's anything else to find. Right. Well, we can handle that. What do you think, Spymaster? Uh, can't you just turn into a bird or something? Well, yeah, but you seen any other birds down here? True that, yeah. I'll walk with you to the edge of the village, Grim, but I want to hang back and just in case we need to make a getaway. Yes. Go only as far as you are comfortable, but I will head straight in and just really cut to the quick. Um, real quick, do you have any uh, sticks of dynamite? Or are they all with me? Are they all? I think they're all in your pocket. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am the dynamite. Would you like to hold one of our our new items just for safety's sake, in case you do need to make a bit of a getaway? You will have something to distract them or deter them with. Um. Yes. Yes. I'll take one, but I'm concerned. The only method I have for lighting something is my sword, I can produce a flame from it. Well, um, stick with us. We got you covered. Yes. We can perhaps, light you up. Perhaps give it to someone else for now. 
Um, I I'll hold it. What? I'll hold it. Okay. Uh, I give those it. little stumpy fingers are like beaching out for this big old piece of dynamite. <laughs> I can too. All right. I give I give one to Arlo. Yes. Eros, these you might like, be a bit young yeah. for dynamite. That is true. These are like massive sticks, right, Keith? Like they're they're yeah. almost as big as as Grimm's like um, shin shin bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're big. <laughs> you know what? That wouldn't be good for stealth right now. Right. It's only it is for an Arizona tea of dynamite, right? <laughs> no. Hey, Kate, what you doing? You going with Grimm, or you going sneaky fat? I will. I think I'll stay with. Um, I'll walk with Grimm and Jack to the edge of the village, and I'll hang back with Jack and uh, provide support if need be. But uh, let's let's not be too hasty to attack anyone down here. Um, you you never know how they might be connected to the item we seek, if at all. And if it's not here, we we may need someone to tell us where it's gone. True enough. I hey, won't attack unless they do. I'll make I you bet that you promise. But if they do attack, I won't promise that any of them will make it out alive. We'll burn this stone village down. <laughs> hey, Grim. You want to make a bet? Uh, sure. What's the wager? Tin Gold says that someone in this village worships the stone or Moradin in some capacity. <laughs> that seems like a losing bet. But you know what? I'll take it. Excellent. I want to reach out and shake that man's hand. I give him Kate. a firm, like, reaching up to, like, his forearm and kind of shake. You know, Kate reaches out her hand and she says, I've taken to gambling in my time in Melora's, in Melora's quiver. I'll take that bet. <laughs> so we're I'll all shake just... her hand as well. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she says, and I'll add to it. Double or nothing says no one lives here, and all, all we find is skeletons. Keith, you're the DM. You can't do that. <laughs> Kate's not the DM. Skeleton, you're you Kate. <laughs> what do I have to gain from gold? I, I made the gold you have, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so while all this while all this wagering is going on, I just like kind of thump arrows on the soldier oh, on the soldier on the shoulder, and I just kind of like. You know, nod my head off in the direction of the village. Like, come on, let's, yeah, let's get a beat on these folks. I'm gonna. And uh, before before we pass, I want to cast Pass Without Trace on everybody except for Grim. Thanks. You ain't sneaking. Well, yeah, but also Pass Without Trace makes you into a shadow creature, basically, for a little bit, right? Like, it's, uh, it's a veil of shadows and silence radiates from you. Yeah, exactly. So there's like there's yeah. this big pool of shadow. <laughs> humanoid moving forward so i don't know if they'd want to see that just walking straight toward the village right so it's good that you're left out yeah at kate's raised offer i'm going to sigh and begrudgingly shake her hand like a little (laughs) a little bit moodily yeah she gives you a wink like this was supposed to be easy money kate kind of handshake (laughs) um i kind of i do the same thing but i as I go to shake her hand, I say, that's an interesting uh, addition. Part of me hopes you're wrong. And not just for the gold. Of course, part of me hopes that I'm wrong, too. I hope that we have some good news here. Uh, shall we get started? Absolutely. 
she begins walking. So let's, as you guys walk to the edge of the village, um, Eros and uh, Arlo, what? how are you guys handling this? What are you going to do? Um, through complicated hand gestures that neither one of us can understand, we give up quickly and just yeah. start whispering to each other, why don't you go around this way and I'll go around the other side, okay? You sure you want to split up? Yeah, you're right, you're right. So you go down the other way and I'll go down this way. Yeah, that sounds like a much better plan. Okay, all right. I say that sarcastically, you know that, correct? Why did we let them go together? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you guys... Follow me. All right, you guys are heading off into the mushrooms around the edge of town. Sure, we'll go in one random direction one either left or right i don't know what what we got you guys head off you guys head off to the right and kind of start circling around this village gotcha. um or whatever you think it is as you as you draw in closer and closer you all stay together for what is about maybe you know four tenths of a mile it, it, it's a long way before you get really even close enough um and then you guys kind of split out and go around to the side roll stealth rolls for me and also would you mind telling me your passive perception rules Okay. We got a plus plus ten to stealth checks. I got an eighteen. Plus ten. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, plus ten. What is that passive perception? Twenty-four plus ten. How do you do a passive perception again? It's It's ten plus uh, your wisdom modifier. Twelve. Plus proficiency if you're proficient in it. I got me some of that eighteen passive perception. Okay. I got twelve. I got 12, too. I got uh, 21. Kate, what you got? Um, Kate's is 14. All right, so you guys are you guys go walking around the edge of the village, and you begin to circle around to the right side, and you guys find a spot. Maybe how close do you want to get, Arlo, to the edge of this village? It, you as you get closer, you see that these stones were in fact arranged in the certain way because it is a village. Uh, it looks like a, a conglomeration of stone igloos almost, almost as if someone rolled big round rocks over to this area, hammered them half into the ground and cut the inside out of them. Like they look like big stone igloos of varying size arranged around a center um, area with a, with a place for a campfire in it. Um, or a, a large, you know, kind of big area in the middle with a, what do you call it when there's a big row of fire, like a big, long fire pit, a big, long fire pit. Okay. Um, so that's what you see when you get close to, to it, but how, how close do you want to hide in the bushes? Uh, is this fire pit active? Not currently. Okay. Um, perception wise, passively or otherwise, do we notice any inhabitants? Um, Roll a, roll a perception for me. Fine. I shares. 17. Hold up. 16. But my passive perception is higher, so I'm not sure how that works out. Okay. Um, you, so yeah, I guess you, this is, I guess perception is to look around, but what you take in, or intentionally look for something, um, what you take in currently is that you don't see anyone moving around, but if you listen closely and put your ear to the ground, you can hear what sounds to be like possibly breathing, maybe coming, echoing from some of these um, stone igloos. 
and maybe some movement moving around inside, like some feet scratching against the floor or scurrying or whatever. Cool beans, cool beans. So out of character, Joan, you want to get like within like hearing range of of Grimm when he gets there? I kind of want to stick to the shadows a little bit if we can. I just want to get within hearing range to see what's going down. I think I should too, yeah. Yeah? Okay. We do that? Mm -hmm. We do that. DM, make it so. All right. So you guys approaching approaching the close... the you know getting close to this town, you go in by the side and you you notice that there is movement in there and you begin to move back um, to where the the creek comes up near the town where obviously Grim would be walking into and uh, Grim Jack and Kate, you guys have made it very close uh, to the town. A, a path leading out from the town developed a while back and you guys have been following that path um, and at you know. What fifty, a hundred yards away, Jack? When do you want to split off? Um, just close enough to be able to see what's going on. Um, okay. I'd say I'd like to be able to make it there in two turns of combat, so probably sixty feet away. All right, so sixty feet away, you and Kate step off to the side. Uh, Kate says, "I think we'll have a good view of the action if any action were to begin." Yeah, I agree. And if we run as hard as we can, I'm sure we can make it in there to help anyone. Absolutely. It's um, probably a good distance for us, too. We're just hidden behind buildings. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. and Within since, hearing range, I guess. So. Since I'm Oath of Glory Paladin, uh, Kate and I also both get plus 10 to movement speed as long as she's within five feet of me. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Kate responds and she says, I, I feel like I could get there quickly. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Grim, you walk up. You walk up to town. As you, you walk into this area, you can tell that this place is well trodden. Um, if you want to roll a perception check for me, you're welcome to. Okay. Um, I was doing a little bit of research on passive perception just now. Um, I thought I had a decent grasp of it, but basically, it's like. It's kind of that secret DM tool to determine if a player can see something. Technically, it's like if you're... It, it's adjusted to the situation, kind of. So, uh-huh. like, if we're in this cave, we're, our characters are... Their mindset's probably going to be, like, alert to danger. So then they'd be looking around for things to see things. But it's mostly up to, like, the DM to determine what it is. So, like, if we're just walking in the woods and we're, kind of like, if a character's walking in the woods and he's just, like, distracted, then his passive perception's probably going to be like, oh, I see that rock, not I see this dark elf about to shoot me with a bow and arrow, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. I got you. Um, I got a I'm nat 20, so nice. my to- my, it's a 31. Perfect. Well, I you see can all. see, wait, a 21? You got a plus 11 to perception? Yeah. Good gravy. Um, So... You see footprints in the ground. And one thing you notice about these footprints is that there are several different pairs and different sizes of footprints walking around, but all of those footprints are very, very large, very heavy, like larger than your... The smallest one is larger than your shoe size. Um, and up, up to like, what, like a size 18 probably foot. Like these are big, big feet walking around 
Um, as you walk into town, you can hear the sounds of breathing and moving around inside of these uh, little huts, these stone huts. Uh, and some of them you can even see the flickers of, of firelight coming out of. Um, but you walk into town and, and no one uh, has greeted you yet as you're right on the edge. Do you intend to do anything or walk right into the center of town? Um, you, uh, you could give me disadvantage for this if you want to. I can't see any of these creatures. I can just kind of hear them. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess it would be an insight roll. What, what I want to do is I want to kind of determine from just the general feel of like what I can hear and what I can see uh, the emotional state of the situation. Like I want to be able to tell if like they're hiding or if they're just like, Oh, this is the evening we're, we're just sitting down for dinner type. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I got a one. So Grim don't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> you can't really tell whether the, the air of this, uh, this, uh, you know, this time is threatening or, or not. They don't, you don't, you can't, all you know is that there are definitely creatures around here. You don't know, um, what type or you know they're humanoid with feet bipedal creatures okay uh but you don't know how, what they're feeling or how they feel about you currently or whether they've noticed you gotcha as you hit the edge of town cool uh two things with Grimm's mighty perception rule do i notice anything that would clue me into um some sort of like weaponsmith or do i notice any type of like special stone igloo that would signify like a leader or anything like that um there's a couple large ones but no none of them have any special markings or anything uh that you can determine look like it would be uh the leader of this place and you don't see like a forge or anything directly in your line of sight currently gotcha. okay so let me see let me, let me let me get somewhere um okay um, all right. Well, I just want to step into the center of town, I guess, or like not necessarily the center, but like just a, a little bit beyond the, um, the entrance. And I, I want to call out and just say hello, like in a, and just very loudly, just kind of okay. like, just hello. Is anyone there? Give me a taste of that in character if you don't mind. Okay. I've got roommates, but, um, you don't have to, you don't have to yell it, but you give me, give me a little something. Hello. Is anyone there? As you say this, a large humanoid creature comes out of one of the... You're, you're looking out over the large fire pit in the middle, the large long fire pit, and you're looking out over it. Behind that area, one of the larger tents... I am. I don't know if I am hearing juice now or not. I feel like I'm hearing some clickety-clacking, but I don't know Could if he's gnawing or anything. But you don't have to bother him if it's going to make him worse. Just want to let you know. Um, but behind good. that fire pit, in one of the larger stone at the stone igloos, you see a hu- large humanoid figure bend down and step out of that igloo. Um, this creature is very large. If you have seen one before, you will know. You will notice that this looks like it could be a Goliath. Um, of a, 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 a humanoid of the Goliath variety. Um, he is wearing, tat, not tattered, he is wearing kind of tribal looking 
uh, rudimentary clothing. We're talking about a loincloth and maybe a vest or something made of, of leather, um, you know, fashioned out of the materials that they have down there. Um, their skin is dark and it looks hard from here, not like tree bark or anything. Um, but it just looks like, you know, a, and this is an older creature you can tell. Um, but he comes out, his skin is dark. Uh, his eyes are somewhat glassy. You can see from the distance you're at. Um, the clothing, like I said, is, is primitive looking and it's glowing faintly. Um, you can tell from your perception and, and, and just thinking about it that, well, it, it might glow because the materials down here seem to glow. Um, his eyes, you notice, have a slight greenish glow to them as well as his fingernails um, and toenails and, and fingertips and elbows and knees have a, a slight glow to them from so much time spent with this fungi. Um, and as he walks out, welcome to the stream, by the way, All Gamings. We are in a underground cave. And as he walks out of his stone igloo, he says, Hello. Who are you? Um, Grim just looking up at him, he says, My name is Grim. It is a pleasure to meet you. Who, uh, what is your name? My name is Tunach. Welcome to village. What bring you here? Uh, well, we, I am looking for... We? More than one of you there is? Arlo's just very silently shaking his head. (laughs) I am separated from them at the moment. Um... But we, I, I, we as a group collectively are looking for uh, an item, as I said, and we saw this this construction of stones, and we we assumed it to be a village. We wanted to see whether or not um, anyone lived here. How find yourself in our underground cavern? And as he speaks this, there are many people now coming out of their huts. There are several, you know, the huts behind him, there are people peeking out of them. You can see a couple of children coming out of a hut somewhat nearby to you, kind of peeking out of their doors. You can tell that everybody's home, and now attention has been drawn to the town square, and everyone's coming to see what's going on. And he, he asks you how you got there. Um, I just kind of look at him, kind of deadpan, and like, I came into the cave and I just kept walking until I found you. There is no opening to this cave, or at least there was not. Well, there is now, um, fortunate or unfortunate, I'm not sure which, but one of my associates wields powerful magics and was able to harmlessly make an entrance into the cave through the stone. As you say powerful magics, he goes... Ho, 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 ho. Powerful magics. You speak that you seek item here. What seek you, Grim, of the upper world? Um, it is an orb that can help my people, can keep them safe, I believe. So you seek the orb, Grim. 
many before Grimm have sought the orb, and we have cleaned many a bone which sought the orb. Not that we kill those who sought the orb, but they were deemed unworthy. I'm going to slap Kate, like, right on the back, like, that's pretty religious right there. <laughs> Kate, Kate says, yeah, yes, I think I just lost my money. <laughs> um, back to the, the scene at hand, if anyone else, if y'all aren't doing anything else. No, no, so yeah, so as she says, I think, uh, she says, I think I just lost my money. And she reaches out into, she reaches into her um, satchel and pulls out a handful of coins and <laughs> hands them to you. Pleasure doing business. <laughs> That's awesome. I wish I, could, I wish I could say the same. Whenever, um, whenever he says deemed worthy, Grim kind of like, just like looks to the side a little bit, kind of dejected. And then he just looks back at him um, and says, what do you mean deemed worthy? (laughs) We serve the god Moradin as we have for many generations. We protect the doorway to his storeroom. If you are not worthy to enter his storeroom, you die. Well, that sounds like a fun challenge. Um, are there any qualifiers? Do, do I have to undergo a ritual, or do I just go through the trial and see if I'm found worthy? Cut to the chase, you do. Yoda? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> really big Yoda. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you waste no time. Yes, it is not ours to decide if you are worthy to enter the storeroom, but it is ours to decide if you are worthy to be taken to the doorway. Okay. So, if you wish to spend some time with us, there are three trials. You must undergo. At this point, can I kind of, I want to tap Kate on the shoulder and sort of gesture like maybe we, maybe we should head in there. It seems like this is going to be some important stuff. Yeah. Doesn't Um, seem like much is going to happen. She nods and, you know, gestures that she'll follow, follow you. Okay. Is there any way I can dispel the uh, shadow cloak? Well, sure. Let me take a glance. Well, I go to Olo and I say, "Should we go there? See if, see if Grim's still okay." And just hang on, just a second. Um, oh, it doesn't say like when it gets disbanded, dispersed, whatever. It's passed without trace. It lasts up to an hour. I would imagine that. Does it the, say a uh, willing creature? You and your companions. Oh, Keith. Up to you. Each creature you choose within thirty feet of you, including you. I will say that the magic, the magic veins of the universe detect that you no longer wish to pass without trace, and the spell goes away. The weave has witnessed. Okay. Cool. <laughs> and what did Arrow say? 
Should we like head closer and see if see if Grim's still okay when he gets out? Well, hold hold up just a second, because because Jack and and uh, everything's gonna be back up. Let's let's see if if they look like it's it's gonna be all right. If they gonna move in, then we'll we'll, we'll come in last. Okay. Oh, they were backup backup. Although right. we were the backup. Right, right. But we just we we gonna we're the ones who hiding out of the way and make sure that everything goes all right. We're we're the ace in the hole, you know. Ace in the hole. And then I just sit down. I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So as you guys head in the convert, or you guys walk up to the crowd, and he's uh, uh, Tool Knock was his name. That's what I said, wasn't it? Yep. Um, he says, "Oh, they are your companions, Grim." Yes, this is Jack and Hello. Kate. They are friends of mine, and they like me. Mean you no harm. Yes, hello. Hello to the both of you. Jack and Kate and Grim. You also seek the orb, do you? Uh, Yes. We're all along for the ride, yes. Then I will tell you as well that many have come before you and have been deemed unworthy. And we have cleaned their bones. But it is not ours to decide whether you are worthy to enter the storeroom, but you must complete three of our trials for us to take you there for an attempt. So in this conversation, I want to like kind of like gesture towards arrows like, okay, let's let's start moving in a little bit. I want to see if we can kind of like sneak up on like the side of the group. Not okay. Not trying to be like hostile kind of sneak, just kind of like getting in as close as we can until we're noticed. Well, gotcha. Not until I'm well. Not until we're noticed. Are you hanging back? Well, like me, tra- like I was trying to sneak, and now it's gonna be more of like, oh, now you got more backups. Ooh, it's like right. I'm basically pulling a Kate from earlier in the episode where like. They didn't really know. We didn't know she was really there, but then all of a sudden, she was. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. Hold all right, back. as you. I think I'm gonna hold back just a little bit, just to make sure that I'm still hidden, but like see if I can get close to hear more of the stuff. Okay, I'm going in. I thought you were the one that wanted to join in. He's the spy master. I'm kind of got intimidated by the big huge dude. <laughs> okay, I'm going in. All two foot okay. tall Arlo going so in. Arrows hangs back. Arlo Arlo comes in and he is noticed and he says, Ah, another friend. Do you also seek the orb? Well, yeah, I suppose so. Isn't that, uh, yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah, I suppose we seek the orb. Many before you <laughs> sought the orb. No, 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 no. I, I heard it all. I heard, I was just, like, I was sitting right over there. Right over there by that little Little, okay. I guess you called it. Uh, I, I heard you. I got you. Not to be rude. No, course. no, 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 no. What? Why do you hide? We do not threaten you. Well, we, we didn't know that to start off with. Quite a lot. Yes. We have become healthily wary of any new and strange place to us. Right. Healthily. 
As have we. As have we. Well, the question is, do you and your merry party agree to accept our trials? Yes. Well, yeah. Wait, what's the trial? Kate nods as well. Um, I'm with Arlo here. Uh, what sort of trial are we having? If it's a test of stealth, I I can't do that. Yeah, if this uh, involves any reading, I might be at all messing. You will be judged as a group, but the trials will not be revealed to you until you agree to accept them and we begin the feast. I think in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to go over there to do this trial with them. And I slowly just walk over there. Side. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> just like, kind of like a pout, just like, kind of like a pouty, kind of like, just walk, just like, oh my gosh. Uh, you. The mischievous side of Arlo is very tempted to just play dumb, like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Young horned child, do you see... Do you seek the bo- the the orb? <laughs> he he heard the thing too. Yeah, I heard the thing too. I'm just here with them. I what did we? I don't really care about the orb. I'll do so the you, trial if everybody else is you, doing the trial. So you know that we clean the bones of those who were unworthy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I do. their bones, child. Yeah, 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 I do. I mean, you can't just leave them laying around. I don't, I don't get They eat bones. Well, they didn't say they was eating them. They just say they was going to Might be using them for decoration. We do not eat bones. I don't care what you We eat, clean right? the flesh from the... Can yeah, we get this anyway. Anyway. Yeah, if, if this is a group uh, a group deal, I'm I'm all for taking part in the trials. Yes. Yeah. Same. I vote yes. Somebody's got to carry us through. Yeah. I vote yes, too. Are we all in Grim's just over there, like arms spread wide, looking at Arlo, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, the... yep. We're good. Let's do it. We're good. Okay. So, Toolknock, he brings his hands together in like a monkish praying gesture, and as he slams his hands together, glowing dust, like out from between his hands, he slams them so hard. There's a there's a bassy clap to it, and he says. Everyone, prepare the feast. Um, and as he says that, everyone scrambles to their homes and they begin to bring out all all manner of different glowing meats um, and mushroom dishes. Everything's it's like Taco Bell. Everything seems to be made out of the same ingredients. Um, some of them you bring out like big roasted, uh, glowing legs of insects um like a big beetle leg <laughs> that's as, as large as a lot like taco bell as <laughs> is, is like as large as grim's torso they bring it out on a platter um they set up several um they drag out stone uh from each home comes out a stone uh tablet that they drag out into the center of the square and then two men from each uh home or two men grab each tablet and flip one on up on its side and another up on its side. And then they put a tablet on top, making tables all around the great campfire. They light the great campfire in the middle. Um, and it looks as though it's only these like ground growing roots. There's not much that, that, um, 
can burn down here, but they throw in some mushroom uh, stalks and different things that light the fire, and the fire uh, burns with the purplish-green burn, and the the feast has begun. Um, You all are are standing among uh, a great... Uh, feast! All these Goliaths are standing around you, and they're eating big bites of the mushrooms, and they're chanting, and they're you know um, saying things like "The trials must begin. The trials must begin." Um, and they're all very excited about this 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 thing. Um, and over the course of this the feast beginning, all of you are offered uh, a a bite of a a mushroom a mushroomy glowing stew. Uh, very, very expectantly, as if you are supposed to take a bite of this. Grim takes it without hesitation. Okay, roll a constitution saving throw for me. I'll do it, man. I'll do it. Before taking a bite, Arlo just wants to look both at Jack and Grim and say, boys, we've been on a lot lot of adventures, a lot of challenges, but I think this is the best one yet. Hold, hold up, hold up, Arlo. <laughs> he said that they've cleaned up a lot of bones. This might be a trap. They might have put poison on this. No, it'd be all right. It'd be all right. Well, Grim, they might have. Grim looks over with a little bit of this stuff dripping down his mouth. What? Around <laughs> <laughs> me. A Goliath child puts its head between um, Arlo and Eros's faces and sticks its head in between and says, No poison, only delicious mushroom food. And continues dancing around the campfire. <laughs> right. You heard the man. I wanna I wanna take a big old bite. I wanna see is anybody else uh or any of the Goliaths eating any of it? Yeah, they're they're chowing down. Everybody is munching right now. Okay. Then I will eat it as well. I'm gonna use resistance before I eat it, just in case, because like Goliaths have, they probably have What's like that? tough stomachs. They probably can handle a lot of good stuff. What is resistance? This? What a uh, smart young man you are, John. You touch one willing creature, which is me. I hope, or does it have to be someone else? It can be you. Okay. Be you. One willing creature. No, when, once before the spell ends, the target can roll a d4 and add a number. Add the number rolled. To one saving throw of its choice. It can roll the die before after the saving throw. The spell then ends. Clever. Gotta look out for Okay, me. cool. Alright. So you cast that spell and then take a big old bite of the mushroom stuff. Kate also takes a big bite um, as she tries to force down this mushroom concoction. I do the same thing. I'm forcing it. Not, not, not really tasting it, just forcing it. <laughs> okay. Jack, well, do you, do, do, does everybody take a bite? Yeah, I did. Okay. Do I? All need right, to everybody roll like constitution a, saving throws. Do I need to make like a different kind of roll? Like, do I need to make a performance roll to show that I think it is delicious and I have great gratitude for them giving it to me? Or can I just do, be do like... Do you need a roll to communicate that? Yeah, or do am I like overcome no, with you, disgust or is it... Okay. Then I would like to thank this man for... No, you're... Gotcha. Yeah, um, he says you are you are welcome. You are welcome. Um, it if your character really likes the way mushrooms taste, like they're okay with this, but it's not the most delicious thing you've ever had. Arlo is completely. It's quite honestly a little bit glowing mushroom soup. <laughs> 
Yeah, I got him could take it or leave it. To him, food is food. Okay. All right. I need to hear everybody's rolls again. I'm sorry. 20 folk. 14. 20 folk. 11. All right. How many of you rolled below an 18? Me. Me. All three of us. Grim, you got it. All right. All right. Okay. So, yeah. As you guys, so so Grim Grim stomachs his his mushroom f- food and it, his stomach rumbles, um, but he uh, he's fine. God, the rest of you are going to the rest of you actually are going to take five damage from this mushroom stuff. Ooh. It is not poison. If you were to have rolled an insight roll on this guy, you would have known that he's telling the truth. This stuff is just not is not settling well inside you. It's not like a continuous hurt. You just ate the stuff and it's hurting you from the inside a little bit. Um, you get a little bit of an instant tummy ache. Um, so badly though that I who was who was under sixteen. Uh, I got a seventeen now since because, nice. plus my resistance, so 14. I got seventeen. Perfect. All right. So Arlo, Arlo, and Jack, you are overcome with an urge to vomit, and you know it's about to happen soon. Mm, boy, I turn to arrows. <laughs> oh, food, food, food's real good. Hang, hang on one second. I just hang on. I, I want to like scurry off behind one of the little stone building things. <laughs> As you run off, um, the guy in very like Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy fashion says, "Like, oh ho ho, he cannot hold his stew." I go, I go to Arlo and I whisper, "Is it still good?" <laughs> Since he was saying that, oh, it's fine. There's unintelligible words coming from Arlo right now, along with many sound effects that I'm sure we can kind of fill in the gaps later. <laughs> I'm a chunky stew. All right, so both of you run off. Mushroom. Gotcha. Both of you run off and throw up. It's not the guy. The guy is not offended. He is laughing about it. Um, You guys took the ceremonial food, but uh, unfortunately, your poor non-Goliath bodies were just not prepared um, to handle it. And he says, now that you have been properly accustomed, we can begin the first trial. It is a trial of strength. Choose a member of your party to participate in this trial, and you will be judged on his or her performance. Grim. Grim is. You owe me 25 gold before you die. (laughs) No, I don't owe you 25. I just owe you 10. Yeah, Kate was to say double it or nothing. I thought that raised everybody's bets. Okay. <laughs> well, then you owe me ten. Yeah, I um, I I toss him the ten, and then and then I I go up and I I'm I don't know where I am in relation to to Toolknock or whatever, but I I move up to him, and like just eager and expectant. Grim is, he, he's pretty happy about it. Okay. All right. As he says, it's a trial of strength. He claps his hands together again, but this time he uses a fist on one side. And as he does that, three very young Goliath um, men and women, um, it's its its actually uh, two boys and a girl, stand up and they run over and stand beside um, Toolknock. And he says, 
These will be your opponents in the upcoming challenge. Follow me. I follow. All right, everyone. Or he begins. He leads you all away from town a little bit. Um, he turns around to the rest of the party and he says, "You are welcome to come and spectate this trial." I'm um, spectate all over it. I'm gonna follow all, right behind. Yeah, the rest of the crowd is following as well. It's like everybody's moving away from town for this one. Uh, yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, okay, everybody heads that way. So you walk a few, you know, a few hundred feet away from town to a very large rock that's in the middle of a little clearing with mushrooms surrounding it. And the face of that rock is completely circular and probably 20 feet in diameter. You're look, you're looking at this rock um, ahead of you. It is, it is, uh, as you're standing looking at it, it goes like 12 or 15 feet above your head. It's sitting on the ground perfectly round. And Toolnox stands in front of it and he says, We shall use this ceremonial stone to test your strength. You must punch stronger than our strongest youths. Are you prepared, Mr. Grimm? Uh, Grim is like, he's doing the cliche, like stretching the shoulder, neck kind of thing. He's like, absolutely. Okay. Um, the first one, the, the smallest of the three very large Goliath youths steps up to the stone and Toolnock says, Golgoth shall go first. When you are ready, Golgoth. Golgoth, the young Goliath Ruth, youth steps up to the rock. He reaches his hand out and touches the rock directly in the center in front of him, the center of where he can reach. He gives it a a pat. He stands back in his punching stance. You can almost hear the earth groan underneath his rear foot as it twists into the dirt to unleash a punch. He unleashes a punch directly into the center of the stone, and underneath his fist, several, five, six, seven, cracks form underneath his fist and crack outward, going out at equal lengths away from where his fist collided with the stone, and stopping four feet outwards. Are you picturing this spider crack the way I'm describing it? There's a fist and there's a spider crack going out in kind of a circular pattern away from his fist, four feet away from his fist in every direction. Everybody tracking? Mm-hmm. How big okay. was this stone? As that, um, like stone. 20 feet in diameter oh. to its okay. big rock. I was picturing that they were hitting it to Make see it- how far they could move it. I was picturing like, you know, the ball outside of Target, like the big red <laughs> ball uh, yeah. line Target. I was picturing that he was just trying to see how far he could like punch it. No, excuse me, twenty feet radius. So this thing is like forty feet in diameter. Okay, my bad. That was, that I, was, I used no, the wrong word. Yeah, bad. it's a yeah, it's a big round stone with a flat a flat surface that you're looking at. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a disc in the ground. So he punches it. Cracks go out four feet. Tolnock goes up 
to the stone where the cracks are, and he touches the end of one of the cracks, and forming a perfect uh, semicircle, touching the ends of all the cracks, as if to measure how far the cracks went out from the punch, a, a small white line glowing in the darkness appears around the cracks. He turns to Grim and he says, Grim, you must extend your cracks farther than Golgoth. You may go when you are ready. Okay. That sounds fair, I suppose. Um, okay. I want to, on the sideline, be like JV football team dad. Like, woo, come on, Grim! And like, <laughs> Um, can I like, I want to like wave him over with my little sausage fingers. Grim, word, word of advice for you. I look, I, I see that and I look to Tolnock and ask if that's okay. Can I go have a word with my friend before I do this or must I continue now? You may do this, but you may not alter yourself with any unholy magics. To boost your strength. You must prove if you are worthy. So, do as you will. Uh, Just unholy. (laughs) Grim nods, uh, fair enough, and then goes over and talk to Arlo really quick. Yes, Arlo? Hey, Grim, he he seems pretty pretty strong. You you think you got this? You need a little little help, you know? Arlo opens his trench coat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be honest, I'm not quite sure. I've never punched a boulder before to see how how wide I could crack it. But um, as he said, I I do not want to use any any magics to enhance myself. And also, as a matter of personal pride, I would like to do this alone just to see, to, to truly see how I stack up against these goliaths here. Grim, I All bet right. you couldn't beat that big little youngster. Right, Grim, <laughs> Grim looks to Arlo and just kind of like, not Arlo, um, Eros. Eros. Was, what? Eros. Eros. And just kind of like side-eyes him. And then just turns and like walks back to the to the thing. <laughs> Which I'm yeah. going to point out is that, that actually works out really well for Grim because one of his traits is uh, hang on, I have to let me let me pull it up really quick. I want to read it verbatim. Um, hang on, where is it? Um, the best way to get me to do something is to tell me I can't do it. <laughs> so my plan was is that I can put him down to make him think that he can prove me wrong. So like, I'm really hoping that he can prove John, me wrong. Yeah. Take a big fat point of inspiration for that. You freaking <laughs> smart guy. Good lord, man. What kind of big brain play you got going on over there? I'm supposed to be a minus one, so I don't know. Maybe I should have not done that. No, that that was too good. Freaking big. We're all smooth brains compared to John playing playing in 4K over there. Yeah. It it was a good idea. It probably wasn't a smart thing to make the big man angry, but (laughs) I feel like like it's a low intelligence, uh, high luck. Because when yeah. someone tells you that you can't do it, now you feel like more that you should do it. We got it. Okay, sorry. 
John, you ab- you absolutely earned that point of inspiration, buddy. Good job. I'm I am proud of you. You know <laughs> what point of good. inspiration does? All right, Grim. You can get an extra wall. That's okay. All right, I'm heading back over to the stone, um, and I want to. Hey, Brandon. Oh, wait, hang on. Um, I want to kind of like mimic what uh, the the other Goliath did a little bit because in Grimm's mind it was kind of like a way to like honor what was going on. He's just like, okay, this is, and also maybe to focus himself, like this is where I'm going to hit, this is what I'm going to do, kind of thing. Um, so how what am I what am I doing? I want you to roll um, roll an attack roll. Okay. And f- for the fact that you gave honor and respect to this 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 ritual, uh, Toolknock looks at you with his hands together and he gives you a nod. Um, and just the fact that you are treating this as if it is something serious to be done, go ahead and take advantage on this on this first punch of yours. Um, yeah, roll roll an attack with your fist. Okay. Um, will you also? Uh... Okay. Well, uh, can I also rage for this? Um, you can. Yeah. Okay. I just. I didn't. Well, I just. Yeah. In. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll do. This. Sorry, you can do that. Um. Sorry, I'm just. I was just trying to think of what rage does, but uh, we won't judge this on math. I'm just. I'm judging this on how high your attack roll is, or not math. We will judge it on math. Um. We're. I'm not judging it on damage that you're gonna do. Gotcha. It's just gonna be on your attack roll. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. Drum roll, please. Uh, I got a 19. A 19. You punch the wall. Whack! You can feel the, the, the rock give underneath your fist. You put a dent in it and the cracks begin to go outwards. I should have mentioned as well. Um, no, excuse me. I, I'm not going to mention this. Um, this time I'll just talk about it next time the cracks go out and as the cracks begin to slow down they don't slow down until they're on the other side of that white line and by a few inches you are able to out crack the stone of uh that your opponent cracked earlier and you and um you succeed and tool turns to you and he says you have done well grim but you have two more opponents to go Ooh. Very well. Woolrund, join us at the stone. It is your turn. Woolrund is the is the um is the girl Goliath that walked over. She trots over there. Um and she stands against the wall, but before she, you know, gives the wall her respect, uh Toolnock passes by in front of her and he puts his hand in the spot where you all crack the wall and the the wall mends itself and it's now completely flat and there's no more glowing white line on it. And it's ready to be punched again. Arlo's eyeballing it like, huh, about that. Okay. Uh, Kate leans over to the other three of you and she says, of all the things that I expected for us to find inside this cave, this is, this is so not one of them. Well, what, what exactly did you expect to find down here? I mean, besides your bubble. Really? I mean, maybe a dungeon, maybe something f- mean to fight that was guarding it. You know, some not nothing, nothing like a whole community of people guarding a, a magical relic, and they're not even guarding it. They're guarding the door to get to it. 
had to be on that with the cake, yeah. I was expecting like a big, huge monster or something. This is what I was telling you about earlier, Kate. This is Melora's gift. This is the strangeness of the world that we get to experience. I certainly am enjoying myself so far. And she turns she turns back to Grim. She says, All right, Grim, you can do this. Hey, you never told me that. I didn't I didn't talk to you about it. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Alright. You didn't ask. Fine. So we'll run. <laughs> we'll run. The female Goliath goes and she puts her hand on the wall. She steps back, prepared to punch. And she slams her fist into it. You can feel this thud pass through the wall. All of you are standing away from this area outside the clearing. You can feel it in your chest. This, this, the, the vibrations of this wall getting punched and the cracks crack outward on the wall going farther than the first contestant going farther than what Grimm did the first time as well, cracking all the way out to, to 10 whole feet away from where she punched. She steps back. She, she bows to Grimm and takes her place in the crowd. Toolnock says, Grim, it is your time to go again. Okay. <laughs> and of course, after he, after he did that, um, Toolnock went over there and placed the white ring around where the cracks went out to. Cool. Um, when Grim steps up, he's going to do the same um, honoring style thing that he did before. Like, he's just going to, he's, he's once again, showing that he takes it very seriously. Um, okay, will you allow me to attack recklessly, or is this just straight up single single go? Um, you 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 can only hit it once. Well, reckless attack just gives you advantage on your attack. It doesn't. You don't attack twice with it. Oh yeah, I was about to give you advantage on the attack as well. I gave it to you last time, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Okay, yeah, you 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 have advantage on it. You punch for a living. I need punch for a living. Uh, 28. A 28. Yes. You punch the wall and dust, glowing dust, shakes off of it as you punch it. Um, what? A couple of the mushrooms on either side of it kind of wiggle <laughs> uh, as, as, you, as your punch lands. Down, like, your knuckles cannot be seen inside of the cave that you put inside of this stone, the cracks crack outwards and completely dwarf the person's, the uh, wool runs cracks uh, that she had just made by a foot, a foot and a half. You completely go past hers um, and wool run is taken out of the running and you succeed again. Toolnock turns to you and he says, Grim, your strength is truly adequate. (laughs) (laughs) thank you i think world's okayest puncher (laughs) but we will see if it is worthy flubenlock (laughs) come it is your turn (laughs) (laughs) also hey hail welcome to the stream long time no see girl welcome welcome um flublock walks over this is a big old 
if he's a teenager, he's on growth hormones. <laughs> this guy is big. He's got a big old, big old boulder on the end of his forearm for a for, for a fist. I mean, it's a real fist, but you know, um, he steps up to the wall. He pays his dues to the wall. Toolknock, of course, comes over there and wipes the slate clean uh, with the the cracks in it. <clears throat> and as he's about to punch, Toolknock says, "Wait, Flubulock, Grim." shall go first this time. And, and Grim, you um step over there, or I assume you step over there to take your turn first. Uh, Yeah, Grim kind of has like a, he's kind of confused a little bit. He's like, that's kind of odd, it kind of expression on his face, but then he's like, okay, whatever. And he just goes along with it. Um, From off on the sidelines, you can hear he, Arlo yelling, you just got to suck less, brother, you got this. <laughs> Um, he like looks over and gives a thumbs up and then gets ready to, to do the do. Okay. Toolknock says, you have made it to the final round. You must start. It is our way. And I assume you do what you did last time. Yep. He, he's going, he like, when, when he looks to, uh, to Toolknock and he says, um, it is our way. Um, he kind of like nods, um, solemnly and then turns and goes through the whole whole thing again putting his um putting his hand out and taking a deep breath and letting it out and then stepping back and getting ready all right roll with advantage buddy oh uh 23 a 23 you let loose with your punch your fist collides with the wall you can feel your knuckles crack into the stone and as the cracks begin to go outward it's as if time slows down for a moment and then the cracks crack slower and slower until they stop there's an echo in your ears nothing is moving but you right now you look around for a second everyone is frozen around you tool knock stands still like a stone all of your friends are completely still and you can hear a voice inside your head that says now come on grim you could punch harder than that. And then time rewinds back to where your fist is cocked backwards again. Um, roll roll again with advantage. Okay. Grim like he like looks down at his at his fist and like looks around a little bit and then just like all right. Cool. As you look around no one has noticed this has happened. Um, well, it turns out I can't roll. I, I can't hit harder than that because I got a thirteen. Well, your thirteen, you can you can feel the power behind it as you let loose with your thirteen roll. You can feel some magic coursing through your coursing through your th- shoulder, through your bicep, your tricep, into your forearm. Your 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 wrist is locked as if in a vice. And you can feel the equivalent of 15 extra points added to that roll going into your fist. It collides with the wall. The cracks go all the way out, barely leaving just an inch on the edge. You almost crack all the way out through the end of this through the end of this plate. There are gasps heard from the Goliaths in the crowd. Tool knock almost releases his monk-like stance with his hand and his his hand and his fist covering together he gasped <gasps> this this is unprecedented grim 
your strength is more than adequate. Fubulak, take your turn. <laughs> um, and you step aside. Young Fubulak, though large, he stands. He puts his hand on the rock. He steps backwards, and he lets loose with his fist, punching the wall and the crack spider out. You can, he was, his punch was extremely strong. The dust shakes. Uh, almost a shock wave of dirt comes across the, the, the soil towards everyone standing by. His cracks crack all the way out to the edge, falling short of yours by an inch. And Grim is successful. And inside Grim's head, for just a second, you can hear. And now there you go. Um, in response to that, unknowing if whatever Grim just kind of like gives a mental thank you. You hear nothing back. Okay. Also, hey Wonder Boy, welcome to the stream. I'm gonna cheer. Wonder Boy. Yeah. Ah! Right, go for it. Oh, really <laughs> cheer. Like- Losing his mind right now. Kate is very excited. She jumps up and down. She says, Woo, Grim, you did a good job. <laughs> I whispered to myself, I'm uh, like, it's only an inch. It's always it's like it's not that good. <laughs> only an inch. I'd like to see you. I'd like to see your. I'd like to see your noodle arms punch that hard, Eros. Wait, Kate, how, how the heck did you hear me? Passive perception 50. Right? Yeah. yeah, he said yeah. I whispered to myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear that part. We were all cheering. She doesn't say that to you, buddy. Um, all right, so Toolnock says, Grim, you have proven on behalf of your party that you possess a strength. Worthy of an attempt of opening the door to Moradin's storeroom. But there are more trials. Next is a trial of speed. Who among you will participate? Hello. Yeah, I got this. Wait. What? What you, you got? You Orlo. What you got? Oh, no. No, no, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nothing. <laughs> I, I'll give it a shot. What's Arlo, steps, Arlo steps forward, and Toolknock steps forward, um, and he points his hand out to the left, and he says, follow me. And you guys walk back to town, um, going by the feasting area, uh, and at the feasting area, several of the Goliaths have another bite to eat. The the three youths that Grim defeated in the trial of strength sit down and and have some um have some food. Their families gather around them to console them, but they seem they seem excited to have participated in this challenge. Um, and, and they're and not too, huh? Sorry, but I just wanted to catch you before you go on. Um, like as they're doing that, Grim wants to go up and like like do the equivalent their equivalent of shaking hands and like good game basically yeah they they accept that they shake your hands they are grateful to have participated with someone who is so strong you can tell that they respect you um for your strength 
as soon as I see these food, I use resistance just because I feel a little bit more of a, uh, maybe before I eat this, maybe be more a little bit more careful. Okay. Um, nobody makes you eat this time though. John. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, so as you get back to town, uh, tool knock leads the crowd to the North end of the, of the, um, of the town and you guys approach what looks to be the start of a racetrack and tool knock says your next trial will be a trial of speed our fastest member of our community will race the fastest member of your party around the circuit we have built here Are you prepared, Arlo? All right, I suppose so. What's the rules on this thing? <coughs> Good rule. Sorry. <laughs> you are to race on foot around the circuit. You are not to use dark magics to improve your speed. Now, this what is you a classifying as a dark magic? What worries you that you can... What dark magic do you worry you will perform? Well, I'm like 87% magic, so, you know, that only leaves about 50% left, so. You are meant to run on your two feet, is all I am trying to say. Hold up one second. I'm going to go back with everybody else. Okay. I think he's saying that no spells that enhances your ability. Hey, fellas. um, Good job, Grant. Fine job. Smashed it good, but um, I, I suddenly feel like I might I might have made the wrong call on this one, cause um, and I just like point down at all of me. So <laughs> are we like in a huddle right now? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I want to yeah. like huddle. I want to poke my head out of the huddle. Hey, does divine magic count as unholy? Surely it doesn't, right? If the gods so deign. If the gods so deign to help you in your worthiness, it is it is well. Okay. Back to the huddle. Yes. Uh fellas, I th- I think I've I think I've got this. You reckon you got this? Yes. I'm I've been made faster by my uh devotion to Melora. Melora's always blessing you, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seem to be sweet on you for something. She blesses us all. You just haven't noticed it yet. Trust me, you will. I put my hands up and it's like, oh, my lord, please, (laughs) please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kate says, I'm I'm not going to do that, but I believe Melora will bless you. I've been known to be fast in my day, but I don't know if I could go up against one of their fastest. Um, I'm not certain myself, but I will give it my best. I don't think it's the fastest. I think it's the youngest fastest. Because huh. think about Grimm's competition. They were the youngest, strongest people. I mean, I could maybe beat the oldest fastest. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine about the strongest, strongest person. Well, that, Jack, you, you say you got this one right. Yes, I believe so. You you need a little, you need a little, little, little boost. You need a little. No, 
It is against the rules. You got it. All right, you got this. All right. Wow, what a rule breaker you are, Ilo. No, no, I ain't breaking no rules. I'm just, I'm just. Look, we're here. We got to get the little. We got to get the bead, right? They said no spells. I will. We got to get that bead towards tool. What else? I will be the challenger. We believe in you, Jack. Thank you, Kate. Very well. You shall be the challenger. Shulgan. He calls to the crowd. A young, more spindly Goliath walks out of there. Out of the crowd. He's like shoulders. She is (laughs) (laughs) She is thin. She's got she's obviously got the speed. And remember, all of these Goliath, they have like glowing, kind of glowing clothes on. Their eyes are somewhat glowing. Their teeth are kind of glowing. Their fingernails are glowing. They they've got this glow to them. Um, she looks like a speedy glow stick. And um, she walks up to the starting line that Toolnock points to the ground and it appears um, as his hand magically moves the soil away. And he says the two of you shall race through the mushroom fields, down the hill, over the river, through the beetle grounds, up the climb, across the crevasse, down the descent, and then it will be on the home stretch back here. Before it, Do you accept? Go ahead. I'll whisper to Jack and I bet you 30 gold you can't beat this girl. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Arrows has got that reverse psychology. I love it. From a little um, bit behind arrows, Jack, you will. <clears throat> you, you got those ones? <laughs> um, I would. Uh, tool knock. Is this, is this three challenges as well, or will it just be the one race? Only the one race. I, th- I think I can do this, Arlo. I'm gonna. All right, you got this. I believe in you, bro. I'm gonna take off my armor and okay. kind of hand it to Grim. Grim, could you keep this in your bag for a moment? I'm gonna need as much speed as I can get. Oh, he's getting serious, Arlo. I believe in you, Jack. I know you can pull this off. And I put the armor in my bag. Nice. I want to. I want to look back at Eros, who's been doubting me. Yeah, I'm. I'm doubting you a good bit. <laughs> oh, he says he got it. He got it. I blame him. All right. Um, All right. My, I get a plus ten to my speed as a gl- oath of glory cleric, or not cleric, uh, paladin. My bad. Okay, with a plus ten to your speed, um, we're going to add. Um, I will give you a D10 to, or how about this, a D12 to try to keep you from rolling poorly. A D12 to add to all of the, um, a speed, if I'm going to do speed, it would be an athletic, would it be an athletics or dexterity? Um, I feel like dexterity. That's, no, I I disagree. I'm not, I'm not dexterous, but I am, I'm the fastest person in the group. Okay, right, magic. yeah, so, yeah, then it will, yeah, it's athletic, yeah, you don't have to be dexterous to be fast. I mean, if All you right. were running through an obstacle course, maybe, but... If it's just running, we'll get, yeah. Yeah, my we'll acrobatics is zero, and my dexterity is zero. My athletics is seven, though. Hey. Well, then there you go. That makes, that makes sense, then. 
Thank you. Um, you will be able to add a D12 to your rolls then whenever you roll your athletics checks to run the sprinty race. The 1D12 for the 10 feet of movement? Yeah. So you'll roll sure. your... You'll roll whatever you roll. Um, sorry. Are you? Is this a? Does this look like a big track? Yes, it is. A, it is. You can't. You like he points off in that direction, and he says, "Whenever you see the red mushroom glowing, it will point the way." That you should continue. Run straight until you see it. I. The last contenders who started this still haven't returned. <laughs> yeah. Until you see them, excuse me. Um, and he says, On the count of three. One. Two. Three. And. You both shoot off from the starting line. Shoo, 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 shoo. I need you to roll roll an athletics check for me. I got a 20. Unnatural. An unnatural 20. You sprint out off the finish line. Initially, Shulgin breaks ahead of you. She sprints off, gaining gaining ground on you. 5, 10, 15 feet at a time. You find yourself somewhat behind as you run through the mushroom fields. On either side of you, passing by a breakneck pace, are glowing mushrooms of all sizes, different colors, but none of them red. You sprint faster and faster, your feet clawing into the soil. The soil is somewhat loose here. This track is not often used, but you are sprinting, and Shulgin is ahead of you. After several hundred yards of sprinting, your 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 breath is labored and you're continuing to run. Um, and you can see up ahead a red mushroom, the point, the tip of which is tilted and pointing to your right. You know that's where you turn because you can see Shulgin make her turn a few seconds before you reach the mushroom and head towards you. Or heads heads away from you down the rest of the track. What's up, big juicy artist? Welcome to the stream, buddy. Um, hope you're enjoying some cheese. I know you like cheese. Um, roll another athletics check for me. As you round the curve, you can see that the rest of the path is going downhill for another couple hundred yards. It's precarious. There are loose rocks. Roll your check. Ooh, bye. That's, uh, 27. Yeah. All right. Shulgin, not as sure of foot as Jack Law, allows him to catch up here on the downhill slide. You're able to catch up with Shulgin. You are tied neck and neck as you're running down the slope several hundred yards. You're bounding on loose rocks. At a couple points, a rock comes out from under your foot and begins to roll down ahead of you, but you catch your footing and you continue to run as you catch up with your opponent. You look at her and she looks at you, both giving a knowing, knowing glance, offering respect to each other at your speed and athletic dexterity as you run down the hill. At the bottom of the hill... Again, off to your right, you can tell that you're going around a circuit. This is going to be a circle of a race. Uh, and you see a wide river flowing pretty quickly before you in the bottom of this cave. It is about 30 feet across. Okay, um, based on like how long have we been running? Um, this is like, we're probably like 
you know, 15 minutes. You've been running a long time. Okay. Um, I have an ability to last 10 minutes, so I'm just trying to figure out, like, how much longer of the race do we have left? Does it look like we're, like... You can you can tell that you're at the third... He, he told you there were eight different portions of this race. You're at the third one. Okay. Oh, wow. So let's say five minutes apiece for each stretch. Okay. Um, Cross-country style. How yeah, wide does this river reason. look? About 30 feet. About 30 feet. Also, good night, Wonder Boy. Have a good sleep, Mr. Caleb. We love you. All right, I took I took my armor off. I'll be okay. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do this. Okay. We'll save it. All right. I'm ready. This may be a good place to catch up based on the roll that I just made. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be doing too much catching up. That's a fifteen. A fifteen. Okay. So what what method are you using to get across the river? Are you walking? You swimming? You jumping? What are you doing? I'm looking for like the shallowest rocks or any rocks sticking up above the ground, and I'm trying to like spring between them. And if I land in the water, I'm scrambling for the next closest rock that I can jump across again. Okay, so you do that, but it takes you a little bit of while, a little while, your eyes darting from rock to rock, just trying to step on the correct ones. You never miss a rock, but it does take you in a zigzagging pattern across the river, um, because instead, Shulgin, she takes a more direct route across the river. She leaps headlong as far across the river as she can. You see her head dive under and then you can see underneath, she plants her feet in the soil underneath the river and leaps out of it again like a dolphin, landing on the other side of the river, tucking, rolling, and continuing on her journey, and with you only a few seconds behind um, as you cross the river, and she maintains her lead, or gains her lead back in this section. Well, I'm not nine feet tall. <laughs> she turns around and flashes a quick uh, glow stick smile. <laughs> <laughs> continues. Oh, continues. It, it all glows. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> continues running. Um, uh, next, you find yourselves in the beetle grounds. Oh my. As you run across this plain, um, there are the glowing equivalent of fungi, not mushrooms, but almost like thick wheat fungi that reach up into the reach up into the air and blow back and forth, kind of like little tendrils coming out of the ground. And in these fields, on either side of you, are giant beetles, some five feet tall, some 10 feet tall, some 15 feet tall, walking slowly. As you run past them, you can hear them crunching. <laughs> crunching on rocks or dirt or whatever it is that they're that they're crunching on. They don't seem particularly hostile, but they don't seem like something you should mess with. You can tell in front of you, Shulgin is giving them a wide berth. Uh, I will avoid them as much as she is. All right. I need you to roll. Um, I need you go ahead and roll your speed roll. Okay. Um. You said they don't look particularly hostile. They don't look particularly hostile, but she's also avoiding them. All right. 
is there any way I can get advantage if I take like the most direct route um, and just like uh, risk an opportunity of attack? Absolutely. Cool. I want to do that. Okay. I can take a hit. Ooh, I need it. Ooh, I really needed it. <laughs> uh, my D20 came up a seven as the highest number. So says seven plus seven is 14 plus six is 20. All right. 20. Okay. Um, now just roll a flat D20 for me. This is what I'm going to call a luck roll. Okay. I got a nat 20. <laughs> All right. When you need it, so your, there it is. So, so your luck is Shulgin's bad luck. She's sprinting as fast as she can. You can you can see the glowing dust coming up off the ground, the spores glowing with every footstep in front of you. And it seems as though even as she's taking this zigzagging route, trying to avoid these beetles, she's still gaining on you. This is a very, very fast girl, and she is absolutely speed racering you right now. But she's unable to avoid all the beetles. She tries to go around one, and ends up bumping into one that she didn't see on her left. And as she bumps into it, it turns around and opens its pincers and tries to grab at her, grabbing at a piece of her clothing, sinking into the clothing. And she's trying to run away from it. She's pulling. She's yanking at it. She's trying to pull at it, but it won't let her go until finally, whoosh, rip. She rips that piece of fabric off of her clothes and continues to run. But by this time, you've already gained a little bit of a lead on her. Yes. It's only a few feet, and she seems determined to close the gap, but you have gained the lead in the beetle in the beetle grounds. As you laid off that beetle earlier in the day. (laughs) As you look towards the, um, a staircase, and not necessarily a staircase, but kind of a switchback path going up, 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 up onto a plateau before you. It is time to start the climb. Roll your speed roll once more. That's just 23. Nice. Um, From way roll. off in the distance, Jack can probably barely hear Arlo... <laughs> you can roll a d20 for me real quick uh this is a luck thing or is this the you both rolled the same thing i'm seeing who wins okay 19 you win yay going up the climb but it seems as though for some on. reason what when i hear uh um arlo's uh screech of enthusiasm <laughs> i just kind of want to smile and whisper to myself Suck less, Arlo. Suck less. <laughs> <laughs> and keep <Nice>. going. <laughs> yep. um, as, you can, as you climb up this, this area, apparently uh, Jack has been listening to more Miley Cyrus than Shulgin. Because there's always going to be another mountain. There's always, you're always going to want to make it move. Always going to be an uphill battle. But sometimes you're going to have to lose. Instead of today. You're not going to have to lose today because you gain even more of a lead on Shulgin. She She's getting winded at this point. You find a burst of speed going uphill. The Suckle S found its way to you, and you 
climb up this hill and gain almost, you know, double the lead she had on you earlier, and you're feeling good. So this is stage five of eight just completed? Stage five of eight. All right, roll again for me. As you approach in the distance, a great chasm in this plateau. It looks as though you're going to have to jump. How wide is it? Another 20 feet, probably. Okay. So I'm going to burn a um, channel divinity point Mm -hmm. and activate peerless athlete. Um, Okay. It increases my speed by another 10. Wow. Do I get another D12 for that? Yeah, get you you another D12. Cool. And I have advantage on strength, uh, specifically athletics checks. I can carry, push, drag, and lift twice as much as normal, and the distance of my long and high jumps increases by 10 feet. All right. Oh, you can just make that. I I, I didn't get a... It does not add to my... uh, Movement speed. It's just the 10 feet for the long and high jumps. Might be. Okay. Either way. very So no no D12, but you get the jump. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Cool. So it sounds like you probably just make that jump. Yeah. And I get uh, advantage on it, so... Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Alright, roll, roll that up. That's 31. Wow. You, you seeing this chasm leap over it in the most Olympic long jumper style as you can muster. Um, behind you, Shulgin is, is she's coming, cresting the hill as she's running towards the, running towards the chasm, but she just can't keep up with you. You're extending your lead. Um, Quite a, quite a bit, um, and she, but she leaps over the chasm behind you. But as you're leaping and flying over, you look down and you can see hot lava flowing many hundreds of feet down below you. If you were to fall, it would have been toasty, toasty for Mr. Jack's buns. Um, but instead, you fly over the chasm, land on the other side, and continue running. Shulgin flies acrobatically over the chasm behind you and you still maintain your lead as you head towards the descent. Um, you don't know what the descent is. It just looks like you're headed towards a, the edge of a very, very tall hundreds of foot worth of cliff, cliff after you've, you've made the climb. Um, you're heading towards the edge of a cliff. In the distance, you can see two uh, wooden structures with ropes attached to them. As you approach the edge of this cliff, you can see hundreds of feet, sna- hundreds of feet, hundreds of feet down, hundreds of feet down. <laughs> there is the town in the distance, all of the crowd looking and cheering you on, and you can tell that it's time to rappel down this rope. Roll again. I, I want to, after the jump across the chasm, I want to look back over my shoulder and see if she actually made it across the lava pit. She did. She made it gracefully. Cool. I knew that. Just wanted Jack wanted to know. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Huh. Uh oh. <laughs> no. I think I got the same thing again. Let me do the math. I don't remember. Okay. Roll the nineteen on the D twenty. Plus seven is twenty six. Plus nine. That's thirty five. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> 
you That's you slide <laughs> yeah yeah you're able you slide down Run down the rope <laughs> <laughs> you slide down the ropes um and as you're sliding down the rope um it it takes shulgin a little while to detach the rope from the from the mechanism to jump on and you just slide down it gracefully your hand you keep your hands just the proper looseness you're sliding down this thing like a fireman's pole you're not doing any repelling you're just you know be doing the coolest slide possible um, as your clothing flaps in the breeze. Uh, Shulgin is above you, a couple hundred feet behind. It looks as though you, unless you injure yourself, you've probably got this race in the bag. But as you fly down the rope, everything around you gets silent. You can't hear the wind going by for a brief moment. You can't hear Shulgin above you breathing heavily. and You can't hear your own breath. You can't hear uh, Arlo's cheers from the distance. You hear nothing, except a familiar voice in your ear. Not as, not, you don't know why it's familiar, but it's definitely familiar, and you hear, hmm, you didn't need any help. Interesting. And then all the sound comes back <clears throat> to your ears. Also, by the way, does everybody recognize this voice? Is it no. that I'm doing? Yeah, it's, it's the voice dark. of Carl. It does not yes. sound Garly to me. I just figured it was Garl, but you were a lot more animated with Garl before. Yeah, that's what too, I was thinking too. Too Yeah. Yeah. It would so, like, sorry, that looks like you didn't need any help. <laughs> yeah. So a picture that's exactly how it sounded. Sorry. Picture I was trying that's to how it sounded. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> assume that's how it sounded. Excuse me. I'll do it. Um but yes, that's who was talking to Grimm as well. And on the way down, you hear inside your head, Jack. Hmm. It didn't seem like you needed any help, Jack. Good on you. Perfect. That is Garl. I know it. <laughs> I can smell it in my brain. Okay. So, after after you hear that um, sliding down the rope, you land on the ground. For listeners who are unfamiliar with the program, Garl Glittergold is the god of gnomes and comedy and performance that the power that the party met up with last season that seemed to appear in their times of need um, for some reason or another. But I can uh, check out season one; it was awesome. It was good. I certainly enjoyed it. Jack lands on the ground. You sprint off into the distance. Shulgin lands behind you. Give me one more roll, please. Okay. That's 29. You extend your lead even farther. She thought she had you in the first half, but you, using your superior speed, overtake complete not even overtake completely just extend your lead you come squealing across the finish line and it's a good 15 seconds before shulgin comes squealing in behind you she she runs across the finish line she (gasps) is huffing and barely barely able to breathe obviously you are also huffing and struggling to breathe this is a very long race at the end of the day um what it was about a 40 minute race as you come squealing back in, Kate is cheering for you, uh, and Toolnock says, Congratulations, Jack. You too, by your speed, have been deemed worthy. Woo! I want to. What was the opponent's name? Shulgin? Shulgin. Okay. 
I want to go over to Shulgin and like put up a hand for a high five and kind of like jump up for a high yeah. five. <laughs> yeah, she she looks she looks at you know she's been over trying to catch her breath, but she's eye level with you <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, and she's like, <gasps> and she reaches up her hand and smacks your hand in for a high five, and she says. <gasps> You have great speed. I am honored to have raced you. Yes. Uh, that was quite a bit of running. I wasn't expecting the track to be quite so long. Oh, I'm going to go sit down for a moment or two. You have earned it. Or ten. Maybe we will race again one day. Okay. I'm gonna walk over to the group and sit amongst them. I got gotcha. him on the back handily. What were you saying, Eros? It was only like 15 seconds. You oh. probably did some stupid stuff, probably. Only won the race by 15 seconds. I see. You probably did something <laughs> stupid to get ahead. Yes, something like almost drowning and intentionally falling off a cliff with nothing but a rope and. Other inane, stupid somethings I could have done. <laughs> See, yeah. Kate says to Eros, "Get a fine job." Kate Wait. leans down to Eros. She says, "Eros, you'd better hope you don't have a trial coming up." Oh, I hope you I probably don't get would a want trial. us to be a little more supportive. Kate, Kate, I'm praying that I don't have a trial. I am praying that I don't have a trial. Your trial is well, math. We <laughs> <should>. <laughs> All right. So Toolnock says, come. Plus three. We will go Monday. back to town. <laughs> we shall go back to town for the final trial. I believe you will all enjoy it. That's what they said. And he I want to lean over towards, towards the fellas. I kind of hope it's more eaten, but I, I don't want I don't want to be the one in mushrooms again. I think they got something better than that. I don't know. I'm hoping it's going to be more eaten. It's probably poison. Hey, Grim, yes. could you... Could you drag me, Grim? Yes. Um, and I, <laughs> I, just gotta, I carry him. I'm going to carry you bridal style, Jack. Just it, but I imagine you're just like thrown out. Like you're not even. I like that. This isn't particularly. All right, so you guys get back to the. On my back, but I can't feel my legs. So it's not as bad as it could be, I suppose. You'll be right as rain in no time. Don't worry. So you guys I arrive a... back in the town square. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you're good. Okay. You guys arrive back in the town square. Everybody gets back to feasting and having a good old time. And what were you saying, Josh? No, that, that was it. I saw something in my inventory that could help, but it's, it's good. I don't need to use it okay. right now. It's good. All right. See. So you- you begin to feast and have a good time or whatever it is you guys do. And then Toolnock says, it is time for the final trial. Oh, I'm praying, I'm praying. It will be a trial of grace and poise. <laughs> You'll be all right, Harris. <laughs> Arlo looks up with like glowing mushroom goo, like dripping out the corner of his mouth like earlier. You heard what? And as as he says that, several Goliath members from between the houses push in big, round, stone uh, 
what look like drums into the center of the circle. And in and around the outer edge, you can hear boom, 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 and music begins to play. And Toolnock says, "This is a trial for you all. You must show us how you move to the music." Yeah, you've got this, Arlo. It's for all of us, Eros. It's not just for one. You two must participate. I might ruin this trial then. Somebody just roll me out there. (laughs) Do the work. You've been stuffing yourself this time. (laughs) Kate says, Now, I don't want to be the stereotypical lady of the group, but dancing really isn't that hard, fellows, if you want to join me. Oh my gosh, Kate. Oh, I agree. My wife and I have danced on several occasions. It's one of her favorite things to do. Though, it's been a while. We'll see how this goes. I have no idea what check you're going to want us to make on this. I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> to start uh, a performance off, check. I want to uh, grab one of the glowing mushrooms and like smear some on my forearms and like on my forehead and okay. down my shins. I want to go like full tribal for this dance. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I try to stuff my mouth with some of those like mushroom things, hoping that I die. <laughs> <laughs> with the mouth full of mushroom, I want to. I want to reach up and put a hand on Harris's shoulder. It don't work. I always try. It don't, but it don't work. <laughs> all right. So you guys all, I assume, step out into this open area yes. in among the uh, the thing. Grim, do you do anything before you per- try to perform? Um, no. Grim's he's kind of used to it. Uh, I, I guess maybe I don't know. But no, he, he, okay, just, well, he just steps out. He just steps out and all is, yeah. all is grim. Grim gold. Kate moves out and she says, Boys, follow my lead, okay? At the, uh, as soon as we start to make our rolls, I guess, I want to cast Fairy Fire. All right, go for it. So, <clears throat> quick rundown. Each, and it's a uh, 60 foot, each creature within a 20 foot cube centered uh, within range, so that's that's us, is outlined in blue, green, or violet light, your choice. Uh, I'm going to choose green. Oh, wow. Any creature in the area okay. with spells cast is also outlined in a light if it fails a dexterity saving throw for the duration objects and affected creatures shed dim light in a 10 foot radius. So it's basically like glowing disco neon lights. Awesome. I love it. Boom. So you guys head out there. I need everybody to roll a performance check for me. Can I get negative? Kate did a really good job. I got a 16. Hoping that that I did a decent job. Performance, you say? What do you mean? It's performance check. Half of my body rolled a 12. Oh, cool. I rolled an 18. Do we get to choose what we do? Um. Yeah, this, if you don't want to follow something? Kate's lead, uh, I'll, I'll let I'll let you narrate. You, you go for it. 
Okay. Unless you got something really good. I do. I want to get out there and covered in my glowing paint and surrounded by sparkles and all that. Uh, Neon as I am, I want to get out there and do like a Hawaiian haka dance. (laughs) What? Like the the warrior, like knee slapping, shouting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. Grim, what'd you roll? Uh, 11. All right, cool. So... So you guys get out there, Arlo, and you rolled a 12? 12. I feel like the Goliaths would appreciate it. So you guys get out there, and and, and Grim and Arlo kind of are finding it hard to, you know, Grim has just done some punching. He's nursing his fingers a little bit, and it's weird that we're out here dancing now, and it was a bit of a surprise. So Arlo and Grim are are making their way to the back. Arlo is full of food. You guys are trying to keep up with the dance moves. Eros... Um, gets in there kind of in the center and Kate begins to start kind of this like Irish step dancing routine and she is absolutely nailing it like she's got her hands in the air and her feet are are going quickly to the beat of the music and she's you know jumps and does a twirl or two um, all to the boom 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 sound <coughs> I'm gonna sound but whatever your role is will be whatever your role is um, but yeah Eros you're trying your best to copy that but, so then, I can't do that. but then Jack comes in and he begins his Haka warrior dance. And it, the, 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 um, the Goliaths are just really not into what Kate's got going on. But whenever Jack slides in with the Haka and he stomps his foot and he drops his, his thighs out parallel with the ground and he beats his chest and everything, the Goliaths begin to be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they, they begin to join in. They begin to slap their own chest. They begin to stomp their feet. And the other four of you begin to follow suit. Kate Kate uh, stops doing her own dance and then begins doing the dance that, that Jack has put forth for you all to do. And the Goldnock are, are very, very excited about this. They're having a good time. They're really enjoying it. Right and in the, if I may, right in the middle of the crowd of glowing people, can I cast Create Bonfire? Absolutely, if you'd like. We're going to do it. Cool. That's what it does. It makes a bonfire. It lasts uh, it lasts for a minute. So can we say like the center of the fire pit just grows to an extreme size? And is that what you want to do? Sure, let's do it. <laughs> All right, so the center of the fire just grows to an extreme size. And as you do that, everybody's cheering. They're, they're chanting your name. Jack, Arlo, Kate, Grim, uh, Eros. Yep. Uh, <laughs> trying to listen to there. <laughs> Um, everybody is very excited you're having a good time there's cheers there's hoops there's hollers as you're dancing and this goes on for a long time a really long time and then like the excitement dies down a little bit as the drums continue to play and you guys are still dancing and jack you're kind of running out of moves and eventually tool knock you look to him and he looks at the at all of you dancing and he goes ho 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 I fall down. I fell down like thirty minutes ago or something. John, if he's about to say that we passed the trial and you're saying you fell on the ground and died, that's not gonna work. I didn't die. I'm just like I'm not that. I don't think I can. What? Hold, I can I don't think. Great. What? An impressive display of graceful dancing. Did you enjoy yourselves? I think I did. It was fun. 
Arlo is still going. I think I think I kind of got the hang of this now. <laughs> I believe yes. we enjoyed that more than we expected. He asks, "Do you feel worthy?" I certainly do. Well, yes, do you, do you so. feel worthy, Eros? I would say so. A little, yes. I guess. Yeah, sure. Arlo. Kate nods. She says, what? I think we did a good what? Arlo feels worthy. <laughs> yeah, Arlo's still going. Gold not lets out another laugh. Ho, 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 Well, you should feel worthy. Because you were worthy after the race was completed. There is no third trial. This was just for us to have a good time at your expense. Wait, ho- <laughs> hold up. So... Jack and Grim did all that work just for your excitement. You did not have to dance, boy, but I know you had a good time. We love to dance here in the Goldnock Village. No, I'm just, we... I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just saying, just like, why can't you just say that earlier? I, I still had fun. She's like, would have been at least a little bit less competitive. Arlo is do the first two things. I know that. Arlo is laid out on the ground, flat on his back, with one thumb <laughs> stuck straight up in the air, saying, "Works for me." <laughs> we have found that adventurers, covered in blood and seeking treasure, coming into our domain, don't find it very entertaining to have a dance off. But we, on the other hand, find it quite humorous. So we. Sometimes try to trick adventurers into doing that for us. We're trapped in the cave. We're not dead. Yeah. I probably get bored too, so yeah. <laughs> we appreciate your participation, but of course, the party of Grim, Jack, Eros, Arlo, and Kate have been deemed worthy to attempt to open the storeroom of Moradin. Wait a minute, you, you said to attempt to open yeah. it. Why, why can't we just open it? Is it just like a big, huge, heavy door? It is a big, huge, heavy door. See, I got it. Oh. We, the Golnock, have taken it upon ourselves to see if you are worthy of an attempt. But Moradin himself will deem whether you are worthy to enter his storeroom. Do you understand? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we'll be alright with that. So, tonight, we will finish our feasting, and we will dance more until tomorrow morning, where you will be allowed to attempt and entreat upon Moradin to let you enter his storeroom and take the item of his creation. Uh, This is just out of the game. I don't think... Thaumaturgy could open the door. It's just unlocking the door. It's part of the mystery of the adventure. It says unlock the door or make a window fly open. This is pretty. What's it say about magical doors, buddy boy? Yeah, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, Mm. just you're making sure. I don't think a cantrip's going to defy the will of the gods. You may never know. So this sounds kind of like a cutscene kind of moment. Are we are we about to bid down or something? Um, I mean, the, the, the feast continues after he says that your feast continues. Everybody's excited. Um, they're feasting. People are trying to come and learn all of your dance moves. 
Kate is taken aside and there's one interested party and she's teaching them how to Irish step dance. And there's just all kinds of fun and revelry going on this evening as you have been deemed worthy to attempt to open the door of Maradin's storeroom. So you guys can do it absolutely as you pl- can you please for this evening. I would like to find a quiet spot away from the festivities and do my, um, the thing I always did with Master Briar and like places is to cast plant growth and you'll yeah. have double the, double their harvest, double their prosperity of whatever it is they're eating. So perfect. Keith, have you thought any more on interactions with the Hexblade? I don't have any plan for down here. Or anything like that just yet but if you have something in mind that you expect to happen we can look at it no i just i figure like pretty much anytime jack he, jack doesn't sleep but he meditates yeah. so i figure just about any time he kind of dips into meditation he would get some kind of nudging from it yeah because last time you had a bit of a nudge right yeah but that's uh that's what jack's gonna do after everything starts winding down he's gonna go over to what's left of the fire pit and just kind of sit down and ruminate on the day. Uh, gotcha. Before I go to sleep, and yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I ate after the sleep dance, right? Okay. Uh, after we all sleep, I'm going to do detect magic just in case if there's anything cool we could see before everyone goes to sleep at least. Okay. Mm-hmm. Detect magic. For the duration of the presence within the presence of magic within thirty feet of you, if you sense magic or around any visible creature or objection area that bears magic and learn it from school of fairy school of magic, if any, the spell can penetrate most berries barriers, but is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal and thin of sh- sheets of lead or three feet of wood or dirt. Boom. So I think magic stuff, uh, thirty feet, mm-hmm. no lead boxes. So I'm just gonna walk around for ten minutes because that's how long it lasts. Okay. Do I see him? Cool. You do not. You do not spy any magical items. Um, you detect uh, whatever magical items are on the persons of Grim or Arlo or Jack, which is a lot. <laughs> so they're Arlo like glows like a marshmallow in a campfire. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. You're all. Glowing heavily, but yeah, there are I think no I other like they have magic items. Correct. You were there um, yeah. Oh. The shopping trip. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there's those. Um, but other than that, you do not spy any other magical um, items or weapons or anything like that in this area. It seems like they live. They live within their means in this location. Uh, do I know where the door that he was talking about? You do not. Okay, then. I shall go to sleep. Well, yeah, in a dark room. Well, like, in a dark corner, just because All right. I'm used to it. You go find a place. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I just thought if everyone's going to sleep, might as well just use some, just in case. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. You guys, are you arrows go to sleep? Um, what what do you think you're doing up this evening, Grim? Um, I'm going to find Toolnock and kind of pull him aside, and just have a have a brief word with him. Um, okay. 
So I imagine like is the party or celebration is that kind of just like going on throughout the night or is it like dying down and people are Yeah, afraid? it's it's dying down. Okay. People are heading off to bed eventually into the middle of the evening. Okay. So then I guess really I just kind of like find him wherever he is and we just kind of sit down and I just I want to um to go up to him and just say um <laughs> just sneeze on him um i want to thank you for uh, allowing us to take these trials and and you know not just casting us out upon first seeing us and, and giving us an opportunity to do this you are quite welcome it is our charge to do this for all who come into our presence hmm. yes i that is quite interesting. That is a a vastly different life to live than than one that I am accustomed to. But um, but that that is neither here nor there. I I have a question for you, if if you are willing to answer or or possibly give me some insight into what may be a secret of yours. I shall know when I hear the question. Very well. As you saw. And I suspect there are certain genetic traits that go into it, or, or, or factors at least, but as you saw, I am, generally speaking, as strong as one of your youths, and a question I've been pondering throughout uh, our time here is, is there a type of training that you undergo to get that strong, or is that, is that just the way you are? Is that, is that, is that who you are? We are, as the Golnock, born with a special strength. The god Moradin blessed us with a special level of extra strength as he charged us generations ago to guard the door to his storeroom. But also, we live underground in a cave with little entertainment other than moving rocks around, which increases our strength a great deal as we grow older. That does make sense. I suppose I should have seen that one coming. You you do live in an environment most would not choose. It is true. Yet it is our home, and we desire none other. Hmm. Well, once again, I thank you for your time, but I will bed down for the night and prepare for tomorrow. You are very welcome, Grim. And remember this, that you have earned your place as a man of strength among your group. You should feel valuable and worthy to wield that strength in the pursuit of whatever it is you pursue. You all seem as though you pursue goodness. I do not detect evil among you. So be proud Wield your strength well, and may it bless this world we both find ourselves to be a part of. Um, as as Grimm's walking away, he kind of like nods and just says, I will try. I, I will take what you say to heart and mind, and I will, I will try uh, moving forward. But now I must bid you a good night. Yes, good night. I will take you to the door come the morrow. 
All right. Cool. Cool, solid interaction. Um, I think that takes care of everybody. Kate has found herself a place to go night-night. Um, Arlo, is there any, you, you went out and did plant growth. Is there anything yeah. else that needs to be handled before you guys take a good little rest? Um, I want to try a new thing. I just want to find a nice, thing. a nice convenient rock. And I'm going to sleep inside that rock. I'm going to cast Meld into Stone. <laughs> so I just okay. lay down, I just me about lay down the, on the rock. And it's uh, it was right next to my, my plant growth spell, but I've never actually used it. Um, it's not concentration based. It just takes an action. Uh, duration is eight hours. So that's a good little sleep right there. Um, as long nice. as it can like fully contain like the size of my body, which ain't that much, um, I can just meld myself into a stone. Use your movement. You can step into stone at a point you can touch. Nothing of your presence remains visible or otherwise detectable by non-magical senses. Um, can't see what occurs outside. Any wisdom checks uh, you make to hear outside are made with disadvantage. Uh, you remain aware of passage of time. You can cast spells on your spells uh, on yourself, stuff like that. Um, and when the when the stone takes like you know some damage and stuff, I I get ejected from the stone. But I don't think we got to worry about that tonight. I hope not. If you want me to read the rest of the rules, I can. I don't think so. No, you're good. You're you're you sleep in the rock tonight. Nice. Very, very cool spell. Uh, you know, you meld into stone. I like it. I think this is just one of those things where it was like, like okay, it this is a cool thing. I want to try it where something's not trying to eat my head. A bunch of the uh, Goliath yeah. frat boys get together and throw your rock into the river. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know what? I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm going nappy. Bottom of the river or not, I'm taking a nap. All right. I'm going to take a sleep and I don't. You guys take yourself, get yourself a good old rest, guys. I don't know how much you burned since the last time you rested. Not very much, but take yourselves a good little old rest. Hey. I got my five health back. What? I feel stronger. You can conquer the world. I know. Some of it. Well, yeah. Small island in the Pacific. Probably. Okay. Are you completed your rest? Yes. Oh, I need to regain health. All right. The following morning. The world on fire. What? Hold up. The following morning, you awaken. Don't you meditate? What did you forget? Uh, Last time you slept, didn't you, like, like, see something unusual when you were meditating? I think uh, Keith might get to that. Oh, okay, sorry. That's, that's up to him. Oh, yeah, sorry. My bad. Yeah, so this time, Jack, this time you um, you do not you do not feel anything that has... that. It feels like a different experience you had over the night. Um, this night during your meditations, one thing flashed in front of your face, uh, a, this, a symbol, um... That same symbol that I told you guys about for Grim that he saw around the um, Kinku's neck in the city or in Melora's quiver, that same symbol flashed before your eyes several times last night. Um, whatever symbol was on that pendant that that, that Kinku was wearing um, over the night, it flashed at you. 
and you could hear the echoing voice of Garl, um, unable to understand what he was saying, but that same voice that spoke to you during the race, you could hear it bouncing around inside your head. Uh, would I be able to? Would I be able to recall the symbol to draw it the next morning? Of course, you would be able to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, y'all can, everyone can hear me, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And again, to explain that symbol, to explain that symbol, imagine a peace sign, but um, imagine the three bottom ends of the peace sign extending beyond the circle that they're in just a little bit and kind of hooking in together. Chicken foot style. Yeah, chicken foot style. My name is uh, Kinku. I am of the chicken foot clan. <laughs> We we use chicken foot jutsu. <laughs> um, all right, so you, you guys wake up. Tolnot comes out and he says, "It is another fine morning here in the Goldnock. Rise and shine, party of Grim, Arlo, Eros, Kate, and Jack. The time has come for you." to see if Moradin finds you worthy to enter upon his storeroom. It has been many, many years, possibly even a full generation, since another group was found worthy to even approach the door. Mm, that's concerning. Yeah, why, why is it you, uh, you just don't get a whole lot of company down here, or what? Recall how difficult it was for you to enter into our cave. It was a man. Recall that you are a magic man. Yes, not everyone has as much power as you, Arlo. You make a good point. This village is surrounded on all sides by many, many feet of rock. We are unknown to many. There is no reason for anyone to wander into our village. And we intend to keep it that way. We do not we we do not intend to have people seeking the storeroom all the time. This is a place of great power, possibly a place of great wealth, though we do not know what is inside the doorway, and if all people knew of our location we would be overrun, murdered even, and no one would gain access ever. So, a small amount of people is better. Arlo, you want to push that back up now? Sure, but, you know, maybe um, maybe all right to step outside sometimes, you know? Um, You know, yeah, you ain't got to invite a whole bunch of folk down here, but, um, you know, the world's uh, got some pretty cool stuff in it. Might want to step out there and take the old look at it every now and then. We are the Golnock. We have been charged by Moradin to take charge over this cave and the entrance to his storeroom. We do not seek a home or are even curious about what is in the outside world. And we ask that if the five of you are to leave here alive, that you would not reveal our location to anyone else. I'm down with that. We will keep your secret. Yeah, if, uh, I mean, if that's what you want, but, uh... No, just consider what I said. We will take it under advisement. Now, are you ready to journey to the door? Yes. Well, yeah. 
Where's your, uh, where's this door at anyway? He turns and begins walking away from town and away from the direction that you came in from and away from the direction that the racetrack was in. And he walks and you guys walk for another couple of miles. It's t- it takes a while. It takes, you know, a, a, a good little bit of walking. It's a long way in this cave. On the way, you see several more giant beetles and go and, uh, Toolnock tells you of all the uh, of all the different creatures that live inside the cave, and that there are giant beetles and um, other large insects that live here, as well as worms that crawl through the ground and different things that they've learned to capture and eat. And there are many generations being down here. And he tells you a few tales of his people and a few things that have happened as you walk. And then eventually, a clearing appears. Before you, a clearing in the cave, uh, and this clearing comes out from a wall in the cave. You have reached the far wall of this cave, and on the uh, in this clearing, instead of being a soil clearing, there's a stone. The the ground in front of you is smooth stone that's carved with a vast array of carvings. There are carvings that depict dwarven treasure holes and victories in dwarven combat and several different things all over the floor in front of you. This area is very large, um, a couple hundred feet across, a big semicircle coming out from the wall. And then there's a clearing that appears on the wall in front of you that's also stone and also carved with many dwarven depictions of victories and treasure holds and different things. Um, and the this big clearing on the wall is about the same size as the semicircular clearing on the ground, this stone clearing. Um, But there are two key features of this wall. One is a great seam that runs vertically down the center of it. The other is a great statue that stands before it. There is a 20-foot tall statue that stands in front of this thing. I I am showing you in the discord briefly what that statue looks like and people who are on the stream will also see what that statue looks like if i can find the right folder i should have had this prepared but I i didn't we believed in you oh i'm about to put it in the wrong channel boom boom and there you have it bless you go south Ooh. Standing before you is a statue that looks very much like this. Um, I know what if that for, lis- for listeners, picture one of the big trolls from God of War. Um, this statue, instead, it doesn't have horns on the side of its face, but that big pillar of a weapon it does hold in its hand. But it's a statue. It's not a living creature. Um, but it's strong. It's primitive. Thick. Strong-looking dwarf stands before you in front of the seam. On its shoulder, he holds over his head a 12-foot-tall, 4-foot-wide square stone pillar with runes etched into it, rectangular stone pillar with runes etched into it. Behind the statue, 10 feet up the seam in the wall, is a large square hole in the seam. The statue looks both regal and barbaric at the same time. The statue bares its teeth as if to warn those who might approach, but its right hand is outstretched as if to beckon you in. Toolnock says, 
We have reached the door of Moradin's storeroom. Here I must bid you adieu, and tell you goodbye and return to town. I shall not be present for your attempts to open the door. I will return tomorrow. If I find your bones or corpses, I will know that you were deemed unworthy. If I find the door open, or you not here, I will assume that you have been successful. It has been a pleasure spending the last day with you. I do hope you are successful. We have not seen a group of people quite like you in many, many moons. Mm. Truthfully, I don't know if anybody's seen a group like us. Yeah. But uh, I thank you very much for your hospitality, and uh, I hope we see each other again. Mm-hmm. As do I, small one. He turns and begins to walk back into the mushrooms and away from you. And you guys are alone uh, there. But before he leaves, he turns around and says, Oh, I almost forgot. Go forward. Touch the pillar. And ask Moradin if you are worthy. If you are worthy, the god Moradin will respond. And he will open the door. If not, you will receive one final opportunity to prove your worth. Goodbye. He turns around and walks into the mushrooms. I step toward that thing he told us to touch. Okay. Well, that wasn't cryptic as all get out. Yeah, that's not... Mm. I'm going to shrug and follow Grim. Same. Okay. Kate right says... By. I suppose there is only one thing left for us to do. Before we before we do touch that, though, should we check the map and just ensure that we're not going the wrong way? That, uh, that is a good idea. I pull out that map and I check it up and I, what does it say? I don't know. All right, so that map, based on your location... The map is now the Moradin's tiny orb is now pulsing on the map. It's it's image on your magical map that reveals items that gods have made, uh, the ones that you know about. Um, it is pulsating on the map, and it was not doing that before. And Kate looks down and says, "I will assume that means we are close." I will as well. I own the map, but I do not know how to read the map quite fully. There there are many features and things that I am. I'm certain exists, but I am not aware of. And then I put it away. Okay. Hold up. Uh, just get, give me one, one second. Um, think about want to take a look around for any traps or something. I, I, I'm gonna try something here real quick. I want to do the commune with nature as a ritual. I just kind of okay. want to sit in like the middle of this clearing and do my little ritual meditation. What you call it? Before I came into the cave, I did it. Um, underground, I've only got a range of about 300 feet, but I want to instantly gain some knowledge of up to three facts of your choice about any of the following subjects as related to the area. So terrain and bodies of water, um, Mm -hmm. let's see, powerful celestials, fey, fiends, elementals, or undead and influence from other planes of existence. Please, sir. Okay. Um, the statue... 
The statue is influenced by by something from another plane of existence. Um, and you can detect that behind this door is the entrance to a larger dungeon, I guess we'll call it. A, a, there is a structure behind this door that goes back quite far and leaves out of your range. A, a, a structure that is made intentionally and made with stone, and that structure also is under influence from another plane of existence. Huh. And I want to tell everybody about all this. Oh, big boy statue here, he's got a vibe about him. He ain't from around here, like some other plane kind of vibe. There's some stuff back behind that door was the same. I see. Well, that wouldn't make sense. This is Moradin's test. I suppose if it's a good indication that something outside of our plane has uh, control over it or is manipulating it in some capacity. Knowing our luck, that statue is going to turn alive and maybe try to kill us. Good. Should we smash it? No, I think we should do as the test says. Yeah. We don't want to break the rules or anything. I'm going to walk up to it with a hand kind of outstretched to it all at once. What you say? All right, join him. Yeah. Kate joins you and she says, we've been deemed worthy otherwise. I don't see why we wouldn't hear. And you all put a hand on the pillar of the statue. And as you put your hands on the pillar of the statue, you can feel magic pulsing in and through you, searching you. Um, And you can almost feel like a magical pulse of sonar pulsing out into the ether. Pulsing, you know, looking for that influence or whatever. You can can feel that, that the, the, what, that, your essence is being communicated across planes of existence. You can feel this, but it bounces back. You receive no response. The God Moradin does not speak to you. No one speaks to you. That's a bit anticlimactic. Yeah. Oh, well. That is unfortunate. Yeah, probably. Right, smash it all down. And as no one speaks to you, the statue shifts its weight. Yeah, I got it. The pillar raises into the air. Oh, back up now. The mouth opens. The eyes begin to glow red. And the mouth of the statue opens and it speaks the words as it clenches its outstretched fists. You have not been deemed worthy. You must die. And find out what happens after that next week on Dungeon Boys. Thanks to anyone who listens to our podcast. We really appreciate you very, very much. It means the world to us. Um, For any of you guys who watch, if you like the show, please do leave us a review. 
Um, based on the way things uh, kind of go with the stream of the show and stuff, we are thinking about maybe going backwards to doing the show pre on a pre-recorded basis and releasing the episodes that way. Um, of course, we still release our episodes in a similar way now. They're just three hours long and from a live stream. Um, but we're toying with some different ideas on how to do that differently around different people's schedules, et cetera, et cetera. So be on the lookout there. We would love to hear your feedback. If you like three-hour episodes in this format, send me an email. Let me know that that's how you prefer the show. If you would prefer us to go back to one-hour episodes a week that are a little bit more easy to digest and things like that, maybe we could even edit out some of the um, the parts with the dead air and different things like that. Of course, I would love to hear from people who um, listen to the show uh, so that we can improve it for you. Uh, also be on the lookout as well. If you like dungeon boys, Josh is going back and remastering some old episodes that you will be able to enjoy. Hopefully eventually being able to enjoy the whole first season, new and improved sounding better with sound effects, all kind of cool stuff. So we are getting that done as well. And so anybody is out there in chat land, wish our remasterer a happy birthday. That's right, Josh. I'm so sorry. I completely forgot. It's all good. Uh, now who's the senile one? What? I didn't forget your birthday, <laughs> but I did forget to say that it was your birthday. But it is. It is It is our, our patriarch's uh, birthday this evening, at least Ooh. of the Dungeon Boys. Um, Josh is completely responsible for all of us playing Dungeon Boys together the way we do. He listened to the Adventure Zone Talk to it to Bryce about it. They both came to me at one point. They're like, "Hey, we should play D and D, and you should DM." And the rest is history. <laughs> right? So for everybody yeah. listening out there, I'm terribly sorry about that. But uh, we love what we do. Yes, we love getting to play D and D together, and we love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. If you do that, please, of course, communicate with us in some way. There are links where you can do that. And please remember that we love you all very, very much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Peace. Later. Thank you.